Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And what do you know? It's been a big week in gaming. I'm Intergot for episode 41 on Sunday, the 25th of April, 2021. As always, I'm joined by the official P3 nominated and approved Xbox Hall of Famer and number one challenger to the mantle of the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world, Swinney. Hello! And the game-loving, grind-hating, two-one-dollar coffee-drinking, gamer-anti-gamer, and slightly less interrupter-in-chief, Mike. Hi! <laughs> and I did not write that into the run sheet. That wasn't me, I swear to God. <laughs> In this week's show, did it. we'll be discussing the Xbox beta, xCloud beta launching on iOS and PC, Sony backflipping on their plans to shut down the PS3 and Vita stores, and Swinney's hands-on early impression... Oh, no, actually... <laughs> Did you do this, Sweeney? It was amazing. No. I didn't touch any of this. <laughs> all right, that's that's on me. So I'm I'm going to be re- giving my early impressions of Nia Replicant and reviewing Steven Universe. I'll yes. let you light. So uh, not not the thing that we have in our run sheet that we shall not mention. <laughs> well, no, no, I'll just mention it quickly. I was one of the people who got uh, in the Pikmin AR app beta program because they invited Australians to it so i don't know why i was picked because i think you guys signed up diligently yeah, you right? never get picked for anything i, I remember back in high school i know you were never true. picked for footy and stuff i know i was always picked last you're right yeah. i guess are you really picked if you're last you're probably no. not right no you're blessed <laughs> so yes i got the pikmin invite we were going to talk about it then reading all the the terms and conditions i'll go to jail nintendo jail if i do so i'll just summarize it it sucks okay thanks <laughs> Um, and a quick update before we go. Uh, so Oculus, they had their little showcase. Resident Evil 4 VR looks really, really sick. I'm really looking forward to that. I'll be getting that. Uh, and they also announced uh, through another showcase the great Ace Attorney Chronicles uh, launching. So these are some of the games that were Japan only. They're finally coming out to Switch, PS4, and Steam on the 27th of July, 2021. So that's pretty cool. I'm looking out for nice. those ones. Uh, this week, Mike, what have you been playing? Ooh, so a little bit of Deus Ex, because we're reviewing it next yeah, week. It's human Revolution. Yeah, this is how closely I follow it. I was panicking yesterday thinking we're doing it today. <laughs> so I'm smashing it out and then I went, hang on a minute. Run sheet. Oh, shit. I like panicking. <laughs> I was panicking. And that's because I spent the rest of my week playing through Fez again. So can I, can I just, uh, you know, have a go at you as I normally yeah, do? Sure. Sure. This is like this. It's like therapy. The show, apart Come from me, bro. you just get bashed. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's how therapy works. Well, no, no, it, it, that's how it works for me. I'm a bit of a, a masochist, so <laughs> so bring it on. You keep, Sado-masochist, you mean. So Swinney, he keeps on saying that he has no time to play games, and then all the way through the week, he's shooting images from wow. Fez and <laughs> talking about hey, playing Fez. I'm going to defend him. He's Thanks. playing oh. that stuff handheld. Yeah. So what is that? On, the, tra- on the train and on the train when I take a, a break on the toilet. Okay, okay. In the shower, okay, like wherever, okay. while I'm having <clears throat> lunch. When you're making relations, lunch, when you're making relations lunch. with my girlfriend, when I'm making lunch with my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, God. You're, All those times, He's, he's legit drinking a 7-Eleven coffee, by the way, I have, Swinney. I have. I'm sure there's a Phil Fish joke. This episode not brought to you it. by 7-Eleven. <laughs> mm. So I've been playing that. I, I am very slightly disappointed. I, I got 196% completion. In Fez? In Fez. Have you already finished I, it? Oh, yeah, I finished it. Wow. I finished it completely. And then I, I went back and I went to get all the hidden collectibles and stuff. And I worked it out that it glitched one collectible, I think. Uh. 
So I'm, I'm missing four, but I'm pretty sure I can only get three more according to the map and according to what I know. So I think, yeah, I, I know when it happened because I remember seeing it come up on the screen and then kind of disappeared. So I don't know what had gone wrong, but anyway, it glitched. So I don't think I can ever fully, you know, 200% complete it. You'll have to reach out to Fish. I will have to in an angry letter. In, in any case... I'm sure he'll love that. Yeah, I'm sure he'll love that. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> Phil, Phil, if you're listening to this, which is highly unlikely because you don't know who we are, uh, I, I, th- I dare I say it's in one of my top 10 games of all time. Wow, I just really? love this game to bits. It's so cool. There's so many awesome things about it. You've you got to play it. Am I not mistaking, Swinney? But I feel like Mike's got about 20 games already on his top 10 list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the same. No, really you're, pretty, you're pretty One diligent. Day. You're pretty diligent. Well, it's uh, it chops and changes. At some point, we'll at some point we'll have to do a feature. We're going to have to do it, yeah. Uh, and our top ten games to, of all time. Yeah, Michael. Oh. Mike will have to limit. limit I'm going to limit it. Yeah, I'm going to have to put the side ho games on the side and the, not talk to them anymore. We we'll have to do remember, one by focus one. Focus on one, the ten. One by one. One by one. Remember, Mike, that the definitive edition re-releases of Dead Island don't count as an extra game for your top ten. Uh, well, then can we do top twenty? No, top ten. All Dead Island games. (laughs) (laughs) Only the original counts. Riptide wasn't as good. Because we've got to do that. We've got to do so. That's three special segments. But then, uh, you know, we got time. We've got the other segment that I thought of during the week. That's Mm. that's one sexy pitch. I like it. I like that. (laughs) It's one sexy idea for a segment. I just the 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 segment title itself just (laughs) does it all justice. So I think you're going to go first, aren't you, Swinney? You, you've said you already come up with your idea. I have come up with mine too. Oh, really? All no, right. no joke. Yeah. You when you suggested the segment, I already had the idea fleshed out within a minute in my head. Damn. Wow. Same. Yeah. So, literally. Same. So the segment is called, and we're only going to do one by one, one person each doing it. Uh, so it's, we're not doing this today, by the way. No, we're not no, doing it today, but we're, it's probably coming in the short term. So the segment's called "That's One Sexy Pitch." And the idea is we need to do a serious pitch for a game. So it can be a continuation uh-huh. of the series. So not saying that this is what's going to be, but it could be like Swinney saying, this is the next Assassin's Creed game. This is what it's going to be. This is the setting. This is kind of what makes it different. Or like, you know, other ideas. But it has to be realistic. And then mm. we'll, we'll judge it. The other two people will judge the idea. Very harshly. <laughs> yeah, very harshly. I'm imagining. Very, very harshly. <laughs> Especially from you two. So it can't be ridiculous. It can't be just like, you know, Mario is in the next The Last of Us game or something like that. It has to That's be not possible. That's a bad idea, actually. <laughs> it has to be possible. Mm. It has to be possible. Okay. So you've been playing anything else, Mike? No, it's kind of just those two mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've had a, yeah, I played a little guys... bit of Deus Ex and finished it. I played a little bit and finished it. No, I'm saying this week. Obviously, this week. you were right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was right at the end. Uh, and then I was really excited. I knew that you hadn't finished it. So I reached out to Swinney. I'm like, hey, you know, what did you pick as the ending? Because you, you've confronted with mm. a choice of a choice of things, I'll just say. Which, right? by the way, makes no difference because the, there's no canon in the sequel to the game. Uh, that's not true, actually. They're kind of like, they've they've kind of gone on the record to say there is a preferred option. And then they've backed out of yeah, that yeah, statement. But I mean, like, you can't, it's not like, you know, Mass Effect where your choice actually true, true, carries true. over to yeah, the yeah, next yeah, game. True, it doesn't true, matter true. what you pick. Because yeah, yeah, if you play true. the next game, Mankind Divided, yeah. you're not going to. So I was excited about the choice and then I reached out to Swinney all excited like a little puppy with his eyes. I'm like, Swinney, which one did you choose? And he goes, I don't remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not playing it again. The sneaky. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this game's had an impression on this guy. 
You're it's not been, playing it again, are you, sweetie? It's been 10 years since I've played it. Plus, I'll play it again. It's plus, been, it's been I, 10 as well. As I clarified when he asked me, I mm. got all the endings because I just did the save reload to get all the achievements. Okay. So oh, there, is no, there is no canon. Well, what? I'm going to replay the game two entire times again? Or you could, you know, not no, worry three about times, achievements. But spoilers. Two entire... Oh, okay. But basically, I... Well, so I don't remember which one. Like they, there was no, there's no canon swinging <laughs> ending. What happened to your lights, okay. Mike? <laughs> oh. So I'm looking at Mike on the screen, and his, his lights have gone you out. You know what happened? What happened is <laughs> a certain other person that lives with me, who happens to be my girlfriend, can yeah. also control them. So she probably turn them off. <laughs> oh, awesome. that is awesome! <laughs> That's awesome. I want her to it. mess with your lights. <laughs> That's the whole so show. awesome. That's awesome. So I played that. I we'll talk about it in a okay, sec. We're back. So Monster Sanctuary, I installed that, and yeah, yeah. So like the updates come through, and then other than that, I've just been smashing Skyrim. And I thought I was like closer to the end of Skyrim than I actually was. Uh, I'm pretty close to the end. I'm almost at the final boss kind of encounter. Wow. So hey, look, I, I am honestly impressed. You have a family. I do. You have two children. Full time job. You have. A, a loving wife. You both work. Questionable. Uh, you you, <laughs> you work are, for the loving. I'll just are, leave it at that. <laughs> either one. Questionable, yes. Uh, you both hunt things on eBay 24-7. Yeah. How do you find time to finish a game like Deus Ex and L.A. Noire and... What else? Skyrim. Well, number one. It's insane. I don't watch... I don't any, know how you do it. I don't watch any TV. Like, okay. literally, like, zero TV. Wow, okay. Fair or enough. movies or that, anything that like that. That helps a lot. Yeah. So, and then, you know, you have free time, and then I just make sure that I'm playing games like a slave. <laughs> I've, I, I've got the answer. With no joy. Yeah. What's the answer? <laughs> Wormholes. <laughs> mm. And I have to say as well, Mike, there are times where I played Deus Ex until, like, 3 a.m. in the morning. Whoa. So, okay. I was just like... But that's because you don't actually work the next day, right? No, I did work just... the next day, but I was just kind work, of, like, on a roll. Work. Work, 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 work. Yeah, I did. Um, my beautiful singing is probably going to pick up and give us a copyright strike. And Swinney, what have you been playing this week? So I've been playing a very weird mix of games. Uh, two of them I'll be talking about on the show later. So mm. the first one is Ooh. Steven Universe Unleash the Light, uh, which is turn-based RPG. I'll be reviewing that later. So I didn't even know it was an RPG. I know nothing about this game. Just assume it's only RPGs he plays. Well, I did True. talk about it last True. week, the fact that it was an RPG. Oh, I will begin Yeah, you did. Um, so I've also been playing uh, New Replicants, mm. the re- Master remake, upgrade, whatever they call it. Um, And I'll be giving my early first impressions later as a longtime fan of the original. Mm -hmm. Can I borrow your copy after that? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) This reminds me of when you bought something, and Swinney, and I said, hey, can I borrow that? (laughs) Do you remember? Why not? Mike has lent tons of stuff to me, so I'm happy to. No, no, no. (laughs) My example is far worse, by the way, because I think you bought something. You bought like. The filter album or something like that. I'm like, hey, can I borrow that? Straight away, can I borrow that? <laughs> no, never return Mike. it. He just bought and something, then, and I'm like, can I borrow it? <laughs> and you hey. never did you ever return it, or did you just sell it? I never borrowed it because he's like, dude, I oh, just right, bought okay. it. I just bought it. <laughs> hey, Mike. Mike lent me the like Xbox Live Vision camera for like ten years or something. Oh, so. really? Terrible. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I think it. he only used it for like three days. I used <laughs> to. I used it to yeah. scan in. <laughs> All right. Was it your so, face? Oh, no, no. Ah, Viva, Viva Pinata 2, there were these cards you could buy and you used the camera to scan them in. And 
because they you couldn't get the cards anymore, people had released the PDFs online. <laughs> nice. So That's I awesome. bought a printer just to get an achievement. <laughs> right? So it was an achievement related to it. I had to print them out. So I bought a printer specifically for it and then printed them the PDFs out and then scanned them. Wow, the, the things people go <laughs> The lens people go to just to get achievements. Uh, anyway, and, and, and just quickly, like Nia Replicant, I believe it's a remaster of the Japanese Nia version. Yeah, but yes, because uh, the, ca- the main character's different, right? It's I'll, I'll explain a little bit of that. But it's more of a rem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah okay. You, I'm yeah, you're going to you're hearing switching. that. Yeah, I'm really so, interested in this. Same. Yeah. So the the third game that I played this week is something that. Unless uh, Mike saw me on Xbox playing it, uh, you guys would have no idea I was trying this out. Is mm. uh, I don't stalk. Ghost, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. <laughs> Whoa, I would never guess this. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Why that? So, yeah, why that? I've actually wanted to That's try... That's an old game, isn't it? No, not really. It's no, it's so like break... Okay, yeah. Two years or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Breakpoint, Ghost yeah. Recon I played that to Breakpoint. Bits. Dude, yeah. I'd let, I, I would have played that with All right. you. No, I should really enjoyed let me, it. Let me talk about it first. You asshole. Okay. <laughs> so... I wanted to try this I out. Dare for you a, say I want to play it with you? I've wanted to try this out for a while, and I saw it cheap, um, mm. so, uh, like Big W or something. So I picked it up, and I kind of really wanted. I was looking forward to playing it because I wanted to just a nice change of pace from a lot of the other stuff I've been playing for mm. quite a while, especially RPGs for ten years. Especially this year, it's essentially just been yeah, as he said. Um, well, this RPG is slog. this is also an RPG in many ways, but um, yeah, it's. Yeah. But like not compared to the RPGs I've been playing this year. Wait, does this count as an RPG? It is. It is. It is uh-huh. an RPG. In did that influence yeah. your decision at all? Well, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to try. It. <laughs> you wouldn't have done it otherwise. Of course, you wouldn't have. Yeah, I, love wouldn't have. I love it. I love it. Sickness. Yeah. The sickness. Right, so love... tell us about this RPG you've been playing. <laughs> so look, I so I wanted to give it a shot. I know this game didn't get a great reception on launch, but not a lot very of that bad was... reception on launch. Jeez. But a lot of that was I also. A lot of that was also more how I think it compared to the previous game, Wildlands. Mm. The fact that they mm. took Wildlands and then they chucked so many more RPG systems into it. And I think mm-hmm. that's not what people were wanting. And they eventually, when I loaded it up, you essentially have two options right at the start where you can play it as the original release or you can play it immersive mode, which essentially strips all the RPG elements mm. from it, which is cool that they did that. And honestly, I'm enjoying so far the moment-to-moment gameplay, like traversing the open world and, the, the you know, shooting and everything is a third person shooter um it's actually it's quite fun mm-hmm. but the problem is so you get to this hub area it's kind of like one of the first main missions you get you get to this hub um, area and the that's, waterfall thing what, yes some cave thing yeah and i don't know when you played this mike how long ago was it at launch pretty much okay so it'd be very different now so mm. you get to the hub area and the game just fucking bombards you with information it goes, here's PvP, here's expansion missions. It gives you three teammates out of nowhere with no context and it adds all <laughs> this stuff. And you're like, what the hell? I just like, I'm still learning the controls. And it just adds like this, all these menus. And it's just so ridiculously complex. It's overwhelming for new people. I and it's like Monster yeah. Hunter Rise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's, it's like, I understand I'm coming to this game late in its life cycle. So they've added all this stuff and the, 
place where they trigger all that is in the hub area. So oh, you're getting yeah. all this stuff in one go. <laughs> uh, I, love, getting... I love when that happens, when all but, the updates come through and there's like a hundred updates. But it's not just, oh, update in a menu. It plays cutscenes for a lot of these updates. So <laughs> wow. you're getting these cutscenes. It's going, what is going no, on? I actually do remember that as well. I, I feel like they don't test it for new people no. that are new to the game. No, they they don't. don't. They just test it. It is for totally... People. I don't get it. It totally yeah. alienates people it that does. are just like brand new to the game. And I understand this they need to they need to find a way to introduce that into the game but uh it's still fun to play i'm, I'm you know i'm gonna uh-huh. put quite a bit more time into it and see Hit what me i up. feel i'd like. love to join you so yeah i uh-huh. wanted what i wanted to do was play through like a lot of the game just see how i feel about it and then say hey mike have you played this and then reach yeah, out yeah i have so, i'll yeah. join you i don't know what level or what what's so, been happening since but i'll join you playing and that it's... playing that at the same time as playing steven universe is like the opposite style of <laughs> nice. game in terms of like style and theme and everything is really weird but by the way just in the topic of of games uh being updated i i chucked on destiny on the series x um because you can get the expansion passes and stuff as well on on game pass and i just wanted to start again from scratch go through the story play it all over again i'm confused as hell i cannot for the life of me figure out how to just play the story again are you it's talking like about it, Destiny 1 or you, Destiny 2? Destiny 2. Oh, so yeah. you start the game and you can do that first mission. I don't which know I if remember. you can, right? Because well, they've removed parts of the so, game. They must have. It's so confusing. No, like, they have. Like, yeah. I, I'm really, really super confused, which means how am I supposed to get the story of what's going on? I don't think you can. You can't. It's so weird. So like yeah. a player jumping into it, either I'm totally missing something or it's confusing as hell. And it's doubly confusing because... They took out a main character. So you had the... Oh, I don't even remember what the name of that character was. It was that robot chick that would... She, the stranger or something. I don't know. I don't forget the name of her. And she would appear at random times in the very original story. And now it's like some other dude who's replaced that character completely. So I'm like, cool, awesome. I can re-experience the entire story and have him actually make more sense. Mm. Not, it just like automatically jumps to this other part. And it's confusing as hell. And I just, it's such a shame because I, I would have loved to sit down and actually play through the story, play through the expansions, do all that, but you can't. Well, definitely so, some of the expansions you can't play through anymore because they've removed it from the base a shame. game. I'll just watch it online because I'm curious just to see how it went and what they added and stuff since I played I can, it. I can understand how a game like that could be super addictive. You know how there's people that that's the oh, only game they yeah. play? Like I oh, was yeah, doing man. with Rocket League, but I could really imagine yeah, that with yeah. Destiny, yeah. M- myself and another one of our, our, our mates, I'm going to do a shout out to Lee Abio. Um, he, him and I used to play fairly religiously and it was, it was a problem. It, it was one of the things that, I'm not, I'm not going to go into details now, but let's just say I got into some serious, serious depression because of that game. I had, I had to see people because of it. And, but in saying all of that, I wanted to go back and check it out. And see oh, how like, it went. <laughs> I just love how you're like, uh, <laughs> I was suicidal because of that game. And then I'm like, hey, well, I should try it out. So let's check it out. This game. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, man. It's funny because it's true. It's really dark. Anyway, very quickly. So I was trying to we? check, but I can't find it. But, um,. Wasn't there meant to be like Destiny 4 by now? Or Destiny 5? Isn't that what we, we were meant to be up to? Man, I don't know. Because they keep... They ended up just... Exp- it, look, honestly, it's basically Destiny 1 that they kept changing. That's what it feels like. It feels like it was just Destiny and they kept changing it. 
and adding things to it and stuff. Like my brain, I play Destiny One and it's it's so bizarre. I don't remember what Destiny One was and what Destiny Two is. <laughs> like I think that's more of a you problem than merge. Yeah, just know, upgrading. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Destiny no, maybe, 1. but I feel like it's just merge. It feels like it's not. It's like it was like an. Uh, I don't even know, man. I'm so confused, and I put well, so many hundreds of hours into that game, and I'm confused as hell what the transition clear, was between them. Clearly, the therapist did their job, and you're they trying to undo did. it. Maybe. Oh my god, I should just shut up. It's all these repressed memories that I should just leave alone. <laughs> Do not touch them. I've, I feel like you didn't go to a therapist. You went to a hypnotist or something. Maybe. Maybe I did. I can't find it, but I swear that there was meant to be a plan where, like a 10-year plan where they were going to release oh. new new Destiny games every couple of years. Yeah. Well, I mean, all that stuff would have changed anyway because, you know, they're under Activision, now they're not, and all that stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. As part of the deal with Activision, I think, you know, and I'm pretty sure they announced that they were going to have, like, Destiny 3, Destiny 4... And not do expansions to the base games. But also, you know, decision to go free-to-play wouldn't have been factored into those original plans, which means, okay, you're going to extend the lifespan of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I reckon we should uh, talk about some sort of news. Jump into the news. So our first bit of news is that Sony did a complete backflip over shutting down the PS3 and Vita stores. So originally, the PS3 and uh, PS3 and PSP store were going to close on the second of July this year, and the Vita store shortly after on the twenty seventh of August. They have decided they will proceed with shutting down the PSP store on the second of July. So that hasn't changed, but with PS3 and the Vita, they have backflipped and essentially not even said what they're going to do in the future. Now it seems obvious that they will shut it down eventually, but they will not shut it down at the moment. So they did um, post something on their blog as they are prone to do. Uh, we And so this is quoting from them. We see now that many of you are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games, classic games, on PS3 and PS Vita for the foreseeable future. So I'm glad we are able to find a solution to continue operations. So this was actually published under Jack Ryan's uh, name, the head of uh, Sony. Waiting for us when you to correct me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> Jim, Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan. <laughs> so at least I give the guy credit that he's putting it under his own name because uh, yeah, it's, nice. it's very easy to put it under but anyone how, wait, else. Wait, wait, wait. But, but how do you find a solution to not having to do anything? Literally, they just didn't have to do anything. Like just uh, leave it alone. No, no, that no. That was the solution. Because if you read their blog post, they're talking about maintaining the store is costing them. A lot of money, and this yeah, probably. So the solution is they just put more money on it. That's oh. it. They just continued putting money into it. To be fair, like you know, we that's the solution. What, what else is there a solution? They don't need to do anything else. No, but like they don't be... need to throw more servers. They don't need to. They, they just need... needed to find more money. No, but they they could have been servers that were due for replacement or yeah, so you just de- throw de- more money at or decommissioning. No, no. But I'm saying that like if you had if you had put plans in place to decommission yeah. this stuff. Knowing that, okay, well, we don't need to bother replacing all that stuff because it's going to be decommissioned. Well, you have to potentially change. Yeah, so you the way just you throw more that. money at it and you replace uh, the yeah, hardware. I, if I, you get need your, to. I get That's your literally point. The solution. I get your point, Mike, but you know that things aren't as simple as, okay, just. No, I know that. I know. I work something. in a business environment, unfortunately. Yeah. You got to put a business case together. You got you to gotta look at the, the ongoing costs. You got to look at the bottom line. The You know more about this, Intergot. You but do that, all the spreadsheets but all, as well. <laughs> but all of that stuff's important. I know people don't, are very dispassionate about it, but 
Sony is a company. PlayStation's actually a massive driver of their profitability. I'm kidding. And I know. Every dollar counts, right? So of course they are. They probably they might not even be making money on the PlayStation Three store because oh, it's possible they're losing money. Yeah, on to it. keep it yeah, up. Absolutely, it could so, just be a lot of people are just downloading old content that they've already paid for a yeah. long time ago, and they're not actually buying anything new. So, so yeah, I do actually sympathize costs. with them. But... Oh, so do I. I'm kidding around. So yeah. do I. But all I'm saying is, really, in the end, the realistic solution is. We can, we need to spend more money on this. Yeah. That's it. That's Look, the I don't know, line. I don't know about you guys, but I wonder if this would have hit the same if they said at the end of 2022 we're closing down the PS3 and Vita stores. What do you reckon a year would have made a difference? I think well, you're a year and a half. That, year and a half. You're saying that they didn't give people enough time. It, I like, think it was too think, sudden, and people freaked out about it. I honestly think even people who are like reasonable, like me, like not saying everyone's unreasonable. I, I wouldn't say you're reasonably. <laughs> I understand that all these stores will close, right? Because they just you can't operate them Eventually, forever yeah. in perpetuity. So they, there's got to be an end date to all of them. I think like just going, hey, we're going to close it, and it's like a couple of months. It's very unfair because people hmm. may go, I want to buy a Vita, or like even in the case of uh, Lily Mo Studios, they were making a Vita game, <laughs> right, for the Vita. Yeah. They got yeah. a, a test kit. Just like a month before, and then they announced that they're closing the store. Yeah. Oh, what, a, what a world! What a yeah. whirlwind month for them this would have been. Yeah, and like, you know they're they're they they picked this project up. <laughs> now again. we're back. Yeah, so yes. they're going to make it. <laughs> now, but here's the thing, right? I, I know, I know you you think about this in a reasonable way, and I'm not saying people who don't have this expectation are unreasonable. I think it's somewhat reasonable to assume when you buy a piece of software. A lot of people don't really think hard enough that you're only buying the license oh, correct. and that the yeah. license is bound by a lot of clauses, including the fact that you could lose your license at any time that they want. Yeah. And you don't really think like that, though. And that's, that's to be fair on people, you, I get why you don't think like that because you think, man, I'm spending my hard-earned cash on this thing. It should be mine forever. But the reality is it isn't. Yeah. And even a phys- physical disc of something is technically not yours forever. Like, yeah, you can have the physical disc, but, but number one, you don't own the rights to it. You, you basically get a license to use that it's disc. It's exactly the same. And number two, that disc is actually yeah. going to break down eventually because it's but, still plastic. I mean, that is more so in the case of not being able to re-download games, which wouldn't have been part of this. They yeah. still would have had the ability to re-download games. Well, not up. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even including updates, that's true. Yeah. But however yeah. long that would have run for is quite yeah, interesting as well. Yeah. Mm. So I, I love a copy of Final Fantasy VII on the PSP, which was actually one of the coolest versions in my opinion. I'm actually like, more bothered about that, like that. You know, you won't like, especially with PS4 and things like that, where some games, like you know, Cyberpunk is the best example you could ever mm. have. It's impl- like unplayable. It's so unplayable. Oh, like, yeah, put you it need off the store, an right? Update, yeah. Yeah. So in 10 years' time, if you buy a physical version of Cyberpunk and there's no way to update it, it's just yeah, a piece of junk, screwed. essentially. Yeah, correct. And look at uh, L.A. Noir, a game we recently played. There's a huge update on Switch because the cartridge itself doesn't hold the whole game. Why would you even... Can it even be playable? No, it's not, you it's not playable play it? You kind of... You need to have... like your, Even yeah. your physical cartridge becomes practically useless at that point. Yeah, so, it's effectively a download game, those type of games. And I normally avoid them. Much. But in the case but of Valley Noir, it was cheaper to buy it physical than get the digital yeah, version. Digital was, version yeah, was yeah, like 90 yeah. Australian dollars, which was insane for a game that's like 10 years old. So, yeah, look, I'm so I'm really pleased that Sony did this. Yeah, Sony has same. been massively bashed by the games press in the last couple of months. I don't think they've been doing as bad of a job as everyone yeah. is sort of saying that they are. 
And there is this mentality, and I'd love to get your input on this, Swinny, of, you know, everyone, it's the exact same people who go, we don't want a console war, we don't believe, that's so stupid, blah, blah, blah. And then they always posit Sony versus Microsoft, Xbox versus PlayStation. Look at all the good things that Xbox is doing and Sony's not doing a good job. I mean, like, they want to fuel this fire because it gets hits and views and things like that. But how do you look at it from that perspective, Swinny? I mean, look, everyone everyone loves a good fight, right? So it, it gets interest. As it does I get said. interest, yeah. As much as, as much as we find it ridiculous to say, oh, this console versus this console. It's like, well, if you, if you like a console and you like playing the games on it, then cool, whatever, you, you know, each to their own. But it's like, we went through this when we were growing up with Nintendo versus Sega, you know, and then it moved on to, you know, Sony versus, uh, sorry, PlayStation versus Nintendo 64. And then mm. just kept going, going, going. You, you're always going to have this. You're always going to have people just like, you know, people barrack for sports teams. You're going to, you're going to have people that barrack for consoles and yeah. it's just what sports they're going to do. religions, you know? everything. Can't we just all get along and all just but, you enjoy know- our consoles and... We want console harmony. That's what we, <laughs> we do. We want console harmony. We we'll just hope, buy yeah. them all, right? So, but that's very different, right? You can't barrack for more than one team. Well, you sports. can. No, that's, why not? It's just wrong. It's why just not? Wrong. Why is it wrong? Why not? What if I like multiple teams? No, it's impossible. You can't be a real. You know fan. what? I'm going to get into sports. I'm going to get into into AFL, and I'm going to barrack for multiple teams. But you, you know what will happen? You'll get into it, and then you won't actually go for multiple teams. Why wouldn't I go for multiple it's teams? It's just not what happens. I don't it's... get the whole concept of going for a single team. You have I don't to. get it. You have to. As a, okay, it's, it's kind of you weird to say to. this as a, as a straight guy. I don't get the concept of going for a single team. I feel like, you know, going for multiple teams makes so much more sense. <laughs> I don't really... Why, like, I think I understand what you... your reference is with a straight guy. I think it's why very would clumsy, you... but... Whatever, but why would you? Why would you? I just, I just don't get the whole mentality behind. Oh, it's us. This is my team. That's the whole yeah. point of it. It's meant to be an us versus them mentality. It's meant to yeah, be. Yeah, but why like can't? Why us can't versus you, the universe? You know. Why can't you have multiple uses and then you go one week? <laughs> I'm going for this team. So what happens the when they week? play against each other? That's the beauty of it. That that's when it becomes ultra interesting no, because it- all of a sudden. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're like super torn. No, and you're like you're, you're fighting against your own psyche as to who is the ultimate winner in your own I mind. Get, I get what Mike's saying, but there's no pansexuality in in sports. Well, Thank you. Be. Oh wow, <laughs> even be. the contrarian he can't even get his contrarian juice going on. I think that, that there should be. I think people. I'm should amazed. Just be more willing to to be open with, to the idea of supporting multiple teams in the same thing. No, can't this whole us versus them mentality is just bad. So going back to this, and I would actually love for people to come at me or like not come at me, but like raise this in the in the comments if they get to this point in the video. Oh, they will. Is I was actually looking at buying a Vita. Mm-hmm. Then like, so what I do is I, I look at, okay, Vita, cool. And then I'm like, okay, what games are there that are on Vita that I can't get anywhere else in a reasonable way, right? So, you know, like, I do this always mm. when I buy stuff. I'm like, oh, do I really need it? Like, the PS3 is pretty cool because there's still some games on the PS3 that are only playable there or, you know, the experiences that you want to have there. Mm-hmm. So I was going through Vita and I'm like, it seems like an extremely short list of games. Of exclusives? Yeah, okay. that are worth it to get it. So Man, I, I had people... it for such a short period of time, I don't even remember what's on it. I mean, like, the Uncharted game, like Uncharted Golden Abyss. It's kind mm. of interesting. 
But there's a lot of games that I'm just like, you can get the experiences other places. Like Persona 4 Golden is probably the number one. That's on PC now as well. Oh, okay. So there's so, alternatives. Whereas like with the 3DS, there were certain games yeah. that only came out on the 3DS and I'm glad I got it again. Yeah, exactly. There's actually think, quite a few cool exclusives If you think it. at the time though, this was the only way to play games, these games handheld. Yes, for sure. For sure. For sure. Which is an awesome experience, by the way. Again, you know, equating it to the Switch, the handheld is what I do most of it on, and it's just I just love the feeling of playing certain games handheld on the Switch. Uh, just going, just going back to this store. Look, this is obviously a, a fantastic backflip. Hmm. Yeah, but there is Thanks, part Sonny. of me that still I think this is the mic creeping in. Um, what? It's like <laughs> it's inching in. Do you think that there's <laughs> part the of them that anticipated this backlash no. to then make the future plan so that when they go to shut them down in the future, they've already been through this and now they've like, well, well we gave an extension. I feel like, of course, they're going to plan for a backlash. It's not like they go, oh, we're just going to shut this thing down. No one's going to give a shit. No, I think, but of course, no, they knew no, it was but happen. plan to have this like backup date option in the future. For shutting down, whatever no. that might be. The, I, I won't reveal too much information, but you know, having worked at a lot of corps, corporates, the only there's only been once or twice ever that they've been a bit nefarious like that, and that's not how they do it. They don't announce it and get the backlash. What they do is they just leak it to like the equivalent of IGN, you know, mm. and say, "Hey, we're going to shut it down," and then. People go, oh, my God, this is unbelievable, blah, 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 blah. And then they, they make the worst version. They give it to IGN, and then they come out with a lighter version of it. So, okay. you know, yeah. they'll do something like, say, we're going to shut it. And it kind of happened, maybe, to a degree. You know how the, the story actually got published beforehand. Hmm. But typically what they'll do is they'll go, we're going to shut it down by mid-year. And then when they actually do it, they say, oh, it's, it's going to be shut down by the end of next year. And everyone's like, well, it's kind of reasonable. They're shutting it down the end of next year. A lot of the heat goes out of it at that mm. stage. I think this was just a, a, a stuff up because Jim Ryan, he just does not believe in like the legacy content. Like he's been on the record is like, he's just not interested in it. And I'd imagine, cause he's not a gamer. I'd imagine he just looks at the numbers and goes, this is not selling. No one cares about it. And they're getting confused between people caring versus actually making money. There's a lot of people that care about this content, but they're just not buying it. So, you know, you won't see that through the numbers. So I, I don't think there's any almost any chance that they, they did it like that. They would have done it in a different way if they oh, would have wanted enough. to do that. All right, let's jump into the next story. I'm actually really excited about this one. So xCloud beta is available on PC and iPhones and it's been seeded with influencers and lots of other people and very, very lucky people. I don't think any of us have been invited. Is that correct? Well, yeah. So we, I guess we we should talk about the fact that they've done this differently from previous previews. So before you could sign up to be part of it and then they would accept you or not. Mm. Uh, Into God, I'm looking at you. Um, (laughs) It took them a long time. Well, I never got the email to say that I got in. And uh, this time, yeah, they've they've been proactive and sending out invites to people so they're not letting people just like register interest for it. So it's an interesting approach. Um, And yeah, that is definitely does not include myself, even though I'm part of... I guess maybe they also looked at people that are already using the the service or have registered for, let's say, because I've registered to use it 
on Android. Yeah. Maybe they'd have said, well, let's not bother including people that have done that. But Maybe. I never thought yeah. about that. You're right. Yeah. Shit. But um, I don't know how widespread it is. I think it's across 22 different countries that they're kind of doing these invites. So. Yeah. So, and we should just say simplistically, North America, Europe, uh, so, uh, South Korea, and I believe not Japan. So they're the ones that are in the 22 country. I had to look through it because Australia is not in there. So it's it's like a weird position that we're in, right? So Australia doesn't have xCloud, but if you ask for it, you pretty much will get it now. What's So they say that there's apparently 100 titles that are available, right? Mm. That is way more than I can access on my preview program. Like yeah, because the preview... The, yeah, no, no, the preview is like nothing compared to what the full-blown American version is. Yeah, but they're saying, like, the pre- does the preview not... Is that not kind of on the level of the beta? I no. I mean, they're both... No. Okay. No. Right. Well, it's just like... There's there's games that they've got, that they're saying, it's like, man, like... You want to play them? <laughs> well, the thing is, like, yeah. the, there's some good games in, in the preview I've got, but it's like, man, like... There's a lot more games that I'd want to... I'd use it more if, if there were more games on there. Let's put it that way. I have to say, this whole thing has become very Microsoft-y. You know, very where Microsoft... Messy. Very messy. Yeah, like, this is the biggest problem I always have with Microsoft. Remember that time where I mentioned the game and said, oh, it's not available, and it was, like, the exact same title, but there was two different SKUs in the system? And, yeah. like, one of them was available and one wasn't, but... Like, why were they not merged? It made no sense. Well, that's because one is a version that um, has achievements and one doesn't. So it's kind of like, it's a bit weird that way. So they're kind but, of almost like two separate Yeah, Yeah, versions. but that, that's not my problem, right? Like, that's just... I know, I know. Yeah. But that's just the, I guess, the technical... I, yeah, I get... Yeah, it. but the, I, look, and you know, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Apple, but there is like something about simplicity here. And there's a lot of stuff where... I find it very confusing to understand even what games are on xCloud because it seems to be multiple lists now. Yeah, and that's also one of the reasons why um, when we do our bargain bin, we kind of include, okay, highlights for Game Pass editions and removals. I don't mention anything about this stuff because it's so messy. Like, it might be available in one region but not yeah. another. And so basically, yeah, it's just like I've just like 10 foot pole just want to stay away from that stuff you know yeah they need to very quickly get to a point where it's a bit like netflix like everyone understands that the netflix libraries aren't the same around the world but if i watch netflix on my mobile versus on my apple tv versus other like on my desktop it's the same content that i'm seeing in netflix for Mm. me it's not like oh i'm looking on a mobile so i can only play these videos like that's insanity but it's kind of where we're at with a lot of the stuff with Microsoft, which is kind of, I don't know, it's very frustrating for me. It's frustrating, but it's still a much bigger improvement over like the uh, Games of Windows Live era. Of, that's, like, that yeah, stuff that's was way worse. absolute <laughs> And like the Windows yeah. 8 store and all that stuff. It's better than then, than that, but it's still got a long way to go. Mm. And it looks so I've, I've heard people's impressions. Obviously, we're not, we have not been invited, uh, you know, at Microsoft AU. You know, come on, get us get us on the program. Um, but I have heard hands-on, and people said it works great. Like, it works, you know, like Stadia and all these other services that are really good uh, for what they're trying to do. So, yeah, I just, I do not know how Stadia and Luna, the Amazon uh, version of this, I don't know how they're going to survive. Like, how could they possibly survive against this? 
Well, we've talked about it plenty, but yeah. to me, this does make sense as an additional mm. service on top of an existing platform, not a standalone. But hey, like 10 years time, that could be the way that it is. And we all look stupid for doubting it, you know? And the last thing I just wanted to raise, because I'm actually really excited about this to try it on PC because there's a game, like, a bunch of games I can't play because I'm only PC, Xbox, Game Pass Ultimate uh, owner or, you know, subscriber, is, have you noticed that, I don't know if you watched the video with Sarah Bond? No. Okay. So she also had a Switch on display in the background of her video. <laughs> and so did Phil Spencer. And I'm like... Uh, E3, you know, I do like to speculate. E3, Microsoft, Nintendo, both presenting at E3. You know, I don't think Game Pass going on Switch makes any sense. But when you look at xCloud and Nintendo starting to go into cloud a little bit, there's a hell of a lot of games that will never get on the Switch, even mm. with the Switch Pro. And then you have something like xCloud. Uh, you know, wh- what do you reckon the chances are that xCloud will go on the Switch? That's tough. I I think it's a safe bet that we'll get more Microsoft games on there, like your yeah. Banjos and maybe some more Rare stuff. But um, xCloud, it, it makes all the sense to me, but it also just seems so anti-Nintendo. Like, it just seems like that's not a thing that would Nintendo would want on their platform. But mm. I don't know. I It would be fantastic. It'd be this... Especially just, you know... If you if you didn't, I don't know if you'd have to pay an additional uh, subscription fee or not. I'm sure you probably would have to. But no, um, I don't think so. Really? I think no, I don't think so. Okay, if not, then yeah, I'd be pumped for it because then essentially, especially if especially if the cloud saves were shared, because then essentially I just pick up my Switch and then essentially just cloud save between my Xbox and, and the Switch would be amazing. I mean, to lay it out quickly, it's it's such a unique situation because Microsoft has has actually said, like Phil Spencer has actually said, he has zero interest in making a handheld, right? So I don't see that happening. Nintendo don't seem any interest to make a more powerful console. Like even with the Switch Pro, they're not talking about making it be able to run even really like a Xbox One X game properly. Um, and then you're in this weird position where, yeah, Nintendo are not great at the cloud stuff. Microsoft are great at it. Where, you know, there's not that many games on the X Cloud that then you could buy on the Switch anyway. So, from a strategy point of view, I mean, like, it's actually perfectly positioned to happen. It's just, Microsoft would be a yes. They're almost, like, guaranteed a yes. But it's, it's you know, what would it make sense for Nintendo to do the deal? And, you know, is it a, they want to kick back regardless of if people subscribe or not on their service is, I think, where it's all going to be the sticking point. Mm. Um, but I think it would be amazing. Like, for me, I don't know why, and Mike, like, bring you into this, like, you know, like, you've got, you've got, like, devices to play, you know, games and, like, you know, you've got that crazy thing that you have. I can't remember the name of it for the iPad. But This thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if it was on the Switch, the it was, if it was just like a, you know, on your Switch, the app was called xCloud, jump into that, you can jump into any game that's oh, on xCloud. I'd use that instead, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. There's something about it that just like, I, I feel like I'm 50 times more likely <laughs> to play games on it would. if it was on the Switch. And I, I, I mean, I've never heard Phil's opinions on this, but I would, 
if that's true, I would disagree with him. I, I think the Switch is a testament to the fact that handheld consoles are still absolutely a thing that people want. I just think like, it's something that they're not really interested in playing in that space. Because there must be a huge cost associated to that and games for it and the whole new platform. And it's it wouldn't be easy to set something like that up. Yeah, Massive imagine, investment. Can, so. can you imagine playing Forza with a non-analog trigger? That no, but be, they, they, they would probably put... Oh, yeah, actually, like, if you had to play it on the Switch. Yeah, through X- yeah absolutely, that would suck. Wow. But if you had a dedicated Xbox console that was handheld that actually had analog triggers, that'd be yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. oh, wait. I'd love to play games like this? that. How about this? Zune Pro. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not like... Zune 1X 360. It's not their strategy, what they're trying to do, Microsoft. Mm. You know, like... They want to push it to be like xCloud is like Netflix. You know, like I buy a TV and had Netflix embedded in it, in the operating system. I was like, whoa, this is like weird. They want it to be like that. They want to have a button that has like Netflix and the other button says xCloud. And you just bang, click on that and you can play games and wirelessly connect to your TV. So I don't see them ever making a handheld under Phil. Like it just to me makes zero sense, but... I just want them to just just get consistent with your bloody naming across this stuff. Because <laughs> it's like xCloud, uh, sorry, Xbox Cloud Gaming, Xbox Game Streaming, xCloud. Just call it something and stick with it. I'm just well, yeah, I loved how they said they retired the xCloud name. And then when they launched it in Australia, they called it Project xCloud Preview. I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought you retired that name. And then even when you look at like articles covering it, they still call it xCloud. Well, the app on Android is Xbox Game Streaming, not Cloud Gaming or anything like that. But then they've gone back to calling it Xbox Cloud Gaming. Yeah, which is different from the app that's on Android. <laughs> but I guess that, look, the app, app on Android also is also for streaming your own console to it. So it's like a broader thing than Cloud, but um, it's still confusing as well. They should just call it xCloud. And yeah, just, just move stick on. with it. Yeah, it's a shit name, but it's, it's, it's landed. So, look, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Hopefully, this year we'll be playing in earnest in Australia with all the titles, because um, I think I'll get a lot more use out of it then. And I've got my little uh, thing that I covered last week, so I'll be using that for it. All right, let's jump into the next story. Over to you, Swinney. Yeah, so I've had some big news um, that I've been waiting on for uh, quite a while, which is the release date of Bandai Namco's blockbuster RPG, Tales of Arise. Um, so we finally have an idea when it's coming out, uh, which is the 10th of September this year, as well as the fact that they've now confirmed that there's uh, standalone uh, versions for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. So I've wanted to talk about this game for a while. Um, there's been some tidbits of news released over the last couple months, but this is the big one that everyone was waiting for. So it made sense to kind of just go, okay, now we're going to talk about Tales of Arise and I love the Tales games, but I still have yet to play the vast majority of them. So I played through, you know, I'm a big fan of Tales of Symphonia. Vesperia is one of my top games of all time. Probably probably my favorite RPG of all time um, at this point, or JRPG. And um, I quite like what I've played through so far of Tales of Berseria as well, which is the last game in the series, which came out in 2016. So they announced an indefinite delay last year. Um, so everyone just, we didn't have an idea how far it actually was. Um, so it's great that we're now essentially, yeah, we're getting it It very soon. It's arriving worldwide pretty much. Um, I think it's uh, on that 10th of September. I think Japan gets it a day earlier. 
Um, so yeah, as I said, it's coming to PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. No Switch version, but I honestly I think it's probably a bit much for the Switch this game. Um, it'd be cool if they ported. I know the port of Vesperia, but it'd be cool to see some older ports of the the games on the Switch and other platforms. Um, and apparently, the PS4 and Xbox One versions will have a free upgrade to next gen, which is great, of course. So, Arise is the seventeenth game in the Tale series in the the main line series. There's been some spin-offs, quite a few actually. Um, and as I said, it's the first since 2016, so it's been a good wait for fans of of Tales games. And Sorry, you about to say? I, I was just going to say, like, I'm still surprised that someone from marketing hasn't changed the naming convention of the Tales series. To? Well, I, I genuinely, I know that, like, obviously you're going to think this is dumb, but I think there's a lot of people out there that don't understand that this is a series. Like, they've actually heard of, like, Tales of Symphonia and, you know, Tales of Fantasia, like, you know, these old games. But I don't think they. I don't think everyone actually understands it's one continuous series, like this Tales of series. I mean, people that are into these games generally. No, do, no so. I'm not saying that. <laughs> of course, they know. But I'm saying the casual gamer, like even a gamer, I don't think they necessarily know that this is like a long running series, like Final Fantasy. Oh, I agree. It's not on that. It's, it hasn't hit that mainstream level, even though it's not. It's been around, around since you know the Super Nintendo days. But because I'm surprised I that they didn't call it Tales Seventeen, Tales of Arise, or something like that. You know. Ah, uh, but I mean the 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 kind of they they got a you know naming convention early on, and they wanted to stick with it. Mm. So, but uh. Yeah, so alongside the announcement, um, they've shown off a new story story trailer and actually a really good chunk of gameplay. And I've really avoided actually looking too much into what this game is because I really want to be surprised with this game. Um, And it was good to honestly kind of check out some gameplay for the first time. It It does look very close to what I've played of Berseria as opposed to the, you know, like, your symphonia of, of Vesperia style of battle systems, but um, it's uh, the game will also run at sixty frames or have options for sixty frames or four K graphics options. I think we said before it's kind of like well, that's probably what we're going to get for most games either or. Mm. Um, but the devs are really pushing this new they call it atmospheric shader. Now obviously it's going to be it's just marketing lingo, but they're really pushing the fact that they're trying they've got this new graphic style to get more of a watercolor anime look to the the characters in the world. And it will actually have the most anime cutscenes in the whole series. So that's actually been a huge part of the Tales games. They always get uh, anime studios to do the cutscenes, and they're fantastic. They've even done movies, like they did a Vesperia movie and everything. Um, and it's created by a UFO Table, who've done uh, the cutscenes for a whole bunch of past games, um, as well as Code Vein and things like that. But from a gameplay standpoint, so they've confirmed that Mystic Arts, which are like the super moves of the series, um, will return, and that the com- the combat includes a lot more like combo chain combos between the different characters in your party at the same time. So that's not entirely new, but there's a much bigger focus on it. Um, but interestingly, so when you're actually out and exploring the world, um, the vest the Tales games have been quite different in how they approach that stuff, and this one you can certainly your character can freely jump around and swim and exploring. So it seems like they're actually getting much more interactive environments and things like that. Um, and apparently 
the it's a lot more seamless between battle and you know exploration there's no victory screen anymore which is mm. yeah interesting i always like the good victory screen in these kind of games but anyway so pre-orders are available and they've got a whole bunch of collector's editions um i did look at the collector's edition that eb games currently Ooh. have for getting it it, get I it, get it for the podcast. Honestly, I don't think it's worth the three hundred dollars. No, don't do it. Not I don't think it. it's worth. Like there was part of me, it's like, <laughs> man, this is, this is really do good, it. but I'm Save not. Money. But I don't think the statue that's there is is particularly like cool. It's not the like. If oh, Swinny, it's not three hundred dollars. It's four hundred dollars. Okay, four hundred dollars. It's gone up or. Really? I thought it was... Three. I'm just checking it out. Three ninety nine ninety five. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll fix that. Thanks Maybe for correcting you'll... me. Actually, I highly doubt it'll happen, oh, you're right. happen yeah. with the collectors of uh, <laughs> so are you more are you more likely or less likely to get it now? Well, <laughs> less likely now. <laughs> oh, more likely. I want to pay more. Oh. Um, hey, tell, tell, wait, let's... tell you what. With Cyberpunk, just on on that note, the... I bought the collector's edition for like four fifty or whatever it was. <laughs> now they're so available insane. for like two fifty or something. No way, but, are they? Yeah, they've Shoot, gone they've, they've gone down by two hundred bucks. Oh, but ouch. Yeah, so that was a bit of a mistake. But anyway, so, the actual the I've seen the actual statue. I haven't opened mine yet because I'm too salty about it. But I've seen the actual statue, and it's it's really nice. Like the quality is actually really good for a mass produced statue thing. Really well painted. The guy actually looks like the character in the game. It's it's really really good. Because to be so. clear, you have a limited edition Xbox One X console and the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Xbox. Yeah, can we not talk about that? I'm going to go. It's like a thousand dollars worth of Cyberpunk. So yeah, yeah. with with was... this collector's edition with Tales of Arise, so the statue looks well made, but it just also looks really awkward. Like it's going to take up, it up a lot of space. So of course like, they do. That's the point. Look it up. Yeah, but more so than most, because like the swords just look like they're massive. I'm just like, nah. You know what? It's if not you get it, it you have it. to do an unboxing video. We'll post you it on do. the channel. Well, I'm not going to be getting it. Just, just check check if it fits in a Billy bookcase. I'm not going to be getting That's it. All. It's it's not going to get gonna, it and then return wait, it to eBay. Wait, <laughs> anyway, look, so look, tell you what though. So I'm I'm like I'm on the camp. I'm the good the good angel on your shoulder <laughs> saying don't do this. But in saying that, now that I'm looking at the statue, it is kind of a cool looking statue. It looks sick. It is actually pretty sick. Steelbook, Swinny Steelbook. Yeah. So if they had, they've <laughs> they've got other versions, but none that kind of appeal to me. So any with uh, a Steelbook, yeah. you're but a sucker any, for Steelbook. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm super <laughs> super pumped about this game. Yeah, um, cool. It's as I said, Vesperi is one of my favorite games of all time. So really glad to finally be able to talk about it on the show. So if someone's new to uh, the Tales of series or the Tales series, as people call it. Uh, which what's the best one to get into? Look, the, like for a beginner. Fortunately, the, fortunately, um, with a, a couple of exceptions, the games are all standalone in their own universes, so you can pretty much jump in at any point. But uh, I know that um, Tazilia, for instance, was um, on. Sorry, uh, Zestiria was on special uh, the other week. You know, check out the games that when they go on special on PlayStation. Um, or switch like Vesperia is. I will always say Vesperia. That's and everyone should play that game. Um, okay. So I and switch. I've, yes, yes. So nice. I've said that. I've said. I've talked about Vesperia so much on the show. Yeah, I know. I, know I can't. I, know I can't I probably. I probably can't. You know, I'll just be like broken record at this point. <laughs> so um, I, I always say that you always talk about it. That's why yeah. I thought Vesperia was the one. So that you're gonna I say. think Vesperia. I saw Vesperia's on special at the moment on. Um, uh, on most platforms, so at least on PlayStation, okay. I think. So, 
yeah, oh, I cannot recommend that game enough. And the last oh, thing is, yeah. again, this game is built on Unreal Engine 4. It looks man, good, man. Unreal Engine 4 dominates Japan. It's crazy. Mm. Like, they do not use any other third-party engine apart from Unreal Engine 4. It's just unbelievable. Like, even Nintendo has mm. games on Unreal Engine 4, which, I don't know, it's just... Something about seen, that in Japan. Seen much of this game, but man, it looks good. Nah, it looks great. It looks, awesome. it looks really nice. It yeah. looks awesome. And the only thing I can say is, um, I would probably get the collectors because it looks like you get four exclusives cooking recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking's a huge part of the Tales <laughs> games. I wouldn't say that's worth it for that. But well, I don't know, man. Part. I don't know. You don't know what they give you. Maybe like they give you <laughs> lots of extra abilities and stuff. Uh. Worth 400 bucks. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll continue on talking about uh, wasting money in the next segment. Yeah. Uh, so for the next news item. So we have the spiritual successor to the Game Boy printer. Woo-hoo. So Nintendo and Fujifilm Ding. have teamed up and they've got a Switch theme version of their Instax. In, I always like mispronounce this. Instax. Instax, Instax yeah. yeah. Mini Link Polaroid printer. So essentially... I got it in stacks. You have one of these Polaroid prints. I don't have the I don't have the link one. I just have the normal in stacks. What does the, that mean? The, so they've so got a few different there's the ones. Normal in stacks, which is up to version eleven or something now, twelve. I don't even yeah. know what they're up to now. And then I believe they've got the link one, where you can also wire, wirelessly uh, print things off other things. Whereas the version that I have is just it's it's just a Polaroid. You just Literally, just point. No, they're shoot totally different things. To- no, I know they're different. I, things, I knew you were talking about the wrong thing, part- and I was no, letting no, no, you no, no, put no, the noose around part- your neck. No, but it's part of the Instax family. <laughs> yeah, I've know? got that. I've got so, a, I've got multiple yeah. Polaroid cameras, but this I know is a totally different. different thing. I know they're different, <laughs> but it's still part of the Instax family. Part I was of the waiting. Instax family. I was I waiting. Give, <laughs> give a shit. Made by Fuji. So, so I'll just correct the record. So. Yes, they've been building these Polaroid cameras, which are really, really cool. And over, you know, I probably got the first one of the new batch about ten years ago. Did you ago. actually use yours? Yeah, we use it all the time. We actually have a we we. So you don't. So but our your family. Wife does. No, no. Listen, listen. So every Christmas since I met my wife, so when mm. she was my girlfriend, every year we've taken a Polaroid shot of us uh, on Christmas Day, right? Yeah. So we have like. Uh, 11 or 12 of these now right and it's yeah. it's kind of crazy because you see it's like we're young and then it's like we get That's our cool. we get our dog and then it's like our son and then our two dogs and our son and then our second son so it's like that is pretty cool. the whole thing grows every year it's really really yeah. cool so it's like that this crazy cool. tradition that we have um so yeah yeah so they've had those polaroids and then a few years back they actually released the mini link which is you can connect it to your smartphone so you can send photos that you've taken on your smartphone and then print them out in Polaroid style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite the same thing, to be honest, but now they've released as part of a promotion for Pokemon, oh, sorry, new Pokemon Snap, uh, that you can print out your Switch ones. And to be honest, this thing is, to me, not straightforward at all, right? So you need to send it from your Switch to your phone, and that's not inbuilt into new Pokemon Snap. You actually need to go through your photos on your Switch, then use the QR functionality. So really, it's nothing... It's not integrated. It's not integrated. Normal. It's so, not you, integrated. So, so I could do exactly the same thing with my HP Sprocket. Correct. Basically. Correct. Yeah. If you can connect it to your phone, which you can, right? Which you can. Yeah. So... And I was like revisiting it. So the Game Boy printer came out in 1998. All you need to do with the Game Boy printer 
you plug it in through one cable to your Game Boy. Huh. In the game itself, you go, I want to print this photo, and it prints it out to the Game Boy printer. <laughs> I'm not sure how 23 years later it's actually become more complex. <laughs> rather well, than because, because to me, this seems like a marketing ploy more it than is. anything it else. Is. You it just is. have an Instax Mini Link. They're slapping on a Pikachu condom onto it, <laughs> and all of a sudden... They're marketing it as as if it's an integrated oh, Mike, thing. Mike, that's isn't. that's not being clear. So that is that's one thing that they're doing. The color scheme of it's also Joy-Con color themed, but the big part of this is the app that they've got. Yeah, that includes the yes. Nintendo content, uh, the frames, and the Nintendo characters and stuff. So yeah, I understand the, what you're saying. The, oh, the app is just basically an again. It's it's it doesn't feel is it integrated? It's not. That's the problem. No, but what I'm saying that's probably the newest thing out of this whole thing is that hmm. app. Yeah, and it, 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 all of that stuff, Mike, is licensed. So you could pretty much recreate everything with what you have. Yeah. Well, no, so you don't have a mini link. I don't have a mini link, but I've got a HP Sprocket. So literally, I could probably do exactly all of this, put my own filters on, do whatever in Instagram or whatever to the, to yeah. the photos I take in the game, uh, or use a third-party app or something that would do that and achieve exactly the same thing. Yeah, so but yeah, but but not the same experience. But there's extra steps. You have to go find your own yeah, stuff. Like these Borders. people, people don't want that. They just want. No, oh, no, no, no. I can oh, don't get me wrong. This, this is it. really cool. But what I'm saying, it, back to Intigod's point, it's not really fully integrated. It's basically a mishmash of different technologies yeah. marketed as a, as an experience that's supposed to be a single unified thing, but it's not. It's still very mishmashy. From my my, my biggest issue, quote unquote, issue with it, but. Like, it's just so many steps, and there's a lot of friction between all of those steps. Mm. And it, it's it's a, a little bit of a shame that it's not, like, new Pokemon Snap, and it can communicate directly to the device. Like, that mm. would be sick. That would that be, like, so cool. damn, yeah. that's really cool. This is more like, you know, I understand each of the companies kind of going, well, we have this, you have that. It's not too far off. We just need to build an app and put some features into it. Cool. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm almost like on the fence of like, oh, I'd be thinking about getting something like this. And then I saw how much it sells for. Much? In Australia, it's $200. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, but, something about it. It should be like 149 seems so different to me than 200 149 seems like, eh. Honestly, I think you guys are probably overthinking this a bit. It's just a nice thing that people can get. <laughs> if they have to if they have to download an app yeah, and use their are. phone with a QR code, big deal. Like nah, QR, QR codes... See, in the age of COVID, QR codes are back. So people are used to scanning QR codes now. Well, in so. Asia, they never went away. Asia, they were massive. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, massive. here it's like... Australia and US, they're terrible with QR codes. But yeah, we've but... learnt now, thank God. Yeah, so I think it's like, well, so what? Okay, they just scan it, they've got an app, then the app prints it out. Like, big deal. Like... No, but it's not that. Like, have you used the Q... have you used the QR functionality in the Switch? It's horrible. I have. It's, it's horrible. Like, I haven't, but I mean, people well, use like, it. It's horrible. You, no, but I'm saying if someone spent that much on this printer, they get they don't mind an extra step. That's no, what I'm saying. So could it be better? Yeah. <sighs> let me let me say my piece. So could it be better? Yeah. But people don't care. Like they're like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll do this extra step. Well, I've done. You know. I think you guys are overthinking it. Dude, okay, I'll, 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 I like how we're having this big argument about a freaking. <laughs> no, Pokemon but you're like, printer. oh, I wish you could do this. It's like it's a Jerry, printer to Jerry. print. It's a printer to print Nintendo funny photos. Like, you know? well, it's not a printer for that. They're just they're 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 just 
no, but using that's, the standard printer, that's what slapping pe- an app in front of it. I know, but that's what people are buying it for. It. That that's what people are buying this specific one. They're like, oh, buying this so I can print my Nintendo things. But what I, what I want what I want to know is, can you just download the app for free anyway? Yes. If you just have a standard yes. version of the printer, yes, it works. Well, Read our notes. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably just do that. I'll find a cheap version of the same printer. Well, are they even like wait? So, so what's the actual? I know they've got the Pikachu bundle. I like the Pikachu case though. Which that I, does look. It is cute. I'll give you that. That, it's cute. that looks sick. I assume that's gonna. That's is that the two hundred dollars you were talking about? Yeah, that's the two hundred dollars standard one. Okay, and how much is the standard in in stacks? Maybe? In the US, it's a hundred dollars, but I have seen those for like one hundred and fifty Australian dollars. Okay, so if you don't care about the Pikachu thing, you can save fifty bucks and basically yeah. just get the standard. And okay. if you do the currency conversions, they they should be selling quote unquote if you convert it. At about 170 Australian dollars, so they've got yeah. a 30 dollar premium on it. Um, no, no. So let me say my piece then, Swinney. Every step you put in front of people means they're not going to do something. Like you lose like 10, 20, 30, 50 percent of people each step funnel. you put in. Right? It's friction. Right? Mm. So for me, it's like if I actually took this out to show you people, there's stuff that I've shown them, like the Switch, and they're like, "Damn, that!" Like back in 2017, people are like, "Holy shit, that's cool! I really like how that works." You rip off the Joy Cons; they're starting to play. People are like, "Oh, that's fun, right?" If I'm going, hey, okay, wait, 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 guys, I just gotta, I just gotta put my Switch into QR mode, and then I don't know if you know this, Sweeney, but the way you join it, it's like you join a Wi-Fi network on the Switch. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, now, now, guys, just wait. I gotta, I gotta stop, and I gotta join the Wi-Fi network. Ah, oh, and then now I've transferred it, and then oh wait, I gotta. Sp- open up this proprietary app and then I've got to connect it. Oh, wait, it's not connecting to my printer. Well, I've got to get the Bluetooth. <laughs> it's boring. It's not fun. It's, it's like lame. It's like people will look at it and go, this is shit. Like, so like the whole overall idea, it's awesome. It's just, it's just a shame that they didn't do something in the game. Even if a QR code in the game or something, I don't know how the technology works. Like, anyway, that's my rant. So that's why you're wrong, Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you if you bought this printer, like at that point, if you use it or don't use it, like you've already bought it. So it's like I think that they sure could be better experience. Some yes, it could, but they just want people to buy these these stupid but printers. Big wiggers come for our advice, and we're. I'm saying this is a enough, don't buy. Don't buy. Are fair you saying enough. it's a buy? No. Oh, there you go. I never, said, don't buy I never said it was a buy. It's a useless <laughs> freaking thing, you know. What are you going to use these bloody? What are you going to use these? Well, hang on, hang on, hang what on. What are you going to well, use these photos for? This is where <laughs> I come and disagree with both of you. So it's funny because, like, I agree with with one of you in one way and another one of you in another way. I actually think for for kids that you know have little diaries and and collect things and do stuff like that, I, it's cool. I have to admit, like, I I, I can imagine a kid getting like a little thing and as they're playing the game they're printing it out and it's like oh i achieved this thing and here's the photo of it or i met such and such an animal crossing and i'm actually flipping through the marketing material on their website and what i find a little odd is i'm not entirely sure who this is marketed for because it's not for kids man it's not for kids. clearly not for kids because the, the the two pictures i see of a person of really the two main pictures i see of a person at the start, those hands do not look like a children's hat. That person looks like <laughs> looks they're like, like in their hands. 30s or something, at least. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, look, maybe. I mean, I'm not saying if you're 30 years old and you keep a diary of whatever adventures you have in Animal Crossing is bizarre. It's not. Part to you. Do whatever you want. But I just don't know. Like, who's the target audience of this thing? Is it supposed to be kids? Is it supposed to be adults? Do they not even have anyone in mind? 
I don't I, I don't get that part. But I actually look, I admit, I actually think as much as I wouldn't use this, it's it's kind of cool to be able to do this. There's other ways of doing it, and you don't need the whole bloody app, and there's so you can bypass all of that crap. You can literally do it with some crappy stuff that I have at the moment. But I do think there's a market for it, and it's kind of cool to have that physical printout of something you've done in a game. Uh, I think we talked about this way too long. Let's <laughs> Uh, just just on the one thing though like on the advertising specifically nintendo don't put kids in their ads anymore because they wanted to separate that perception so you look at all the switch ads they're always like young adults like 25 Mm. on average um but yeah look like i thought it was gonna be cool but yeah i think we're saying no no yes um no i'm saying i'm i'm saying overall a no oh okay so no 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 we had a massive argument get a default cheap version of it (laughs) get a sprocket does exactly the same thing basically (laughs) all right let's get on to the next story so celeste devs extremely okay games very very awesome name of a studio uh, have announced their next big project. It, they're titling it a 2D explore, explore action sorry, game, uh, and they've titled it Earthblade. So in terms of their actual announcement, they've described it more as a vibe reveal. Uh, I don't know, Swinney, have you listened to the, the, the soundtrack or component of the soundtrack that they published? No, I haven't listened to that. I've just looked at the, the I guess, the artwork they've released and the logo and and, and Maddie Maddie Thorson's really, oh, really cool. Oh, you listen to the music, Mike? What'd you think yeah. of it? Well, I liked it, but but it's 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 just a sound. It's a soundtrack. It's hard to get anything out of it if you know what I mean. I kind of get the what's well, a vibe, the vibe thing. <laughs> it's vibe. Yeah, but it's it's honestly, I I, I can't associate that to anything because there's there's games that had you know similar kind of music that were totally different kind of games in their own way so it's hard to judge it but all i can say is it sounded really cool like it's the kind of music that i think would make for an awesome soundtrack to me yeah. to me like this the vibe that i get from this is very snes era like, oh, like your secret yep. of mana kind of stuff oh. you know that's exactly <laughs> the kind of thing that the logo especially is just like this if that's what they're going for they've nailed it so, well, they have to, right? Like, yeah. So, I had Secret of Mana up on my screen as well. It's like, surely <laughs> that is, yeah. Like, they, these people, they, they're, you know, well into their games and they wouldn't even show this unless people said, yeah, Secret of Mana is the vibe you're going for. Yeah. And, and do you think it's going to be that style of game? Because they kind of didn't really even say that. I don't think it is. I think that's just the kind of feel that they want from it. Um, to be clear, you know, this art, this article, as I said, it's just a vibe reveal, but also just kind of talking a bit about the process of how they've selected this project mm. um, and finding a balance between, you know, what they call the unknown and the comfort zone. I think that's an awesome line. You know, that's something I probably use in my day to day now. Um, it's like you've got to find a balance between what you're used to and new stuff. And I think that I really, really like this article. Um, oh, it's such a good and article. It's made me pump for when they finally um, do the big reveal. They've said they're not going to release, show off much about the game at all until they've got a lot to show. Mm-hmm. So you really... Which is really cool, this. I think. Yeah, I don't think like this whole studio 
and everyone involved has done any wrong at any stage. Like, I just go through all the stuff and the history and everything like that. It's pretty incredible. Like, they've just been on this mad streak. Well, they did release an Ouya game, but it got the, made them famous, so it made them <laughs> But it's famous. on everything now. It's I know, I know, I know. So it wasn't a mistake. We're talking about Towerfall. I just, I just want to talk about the Ouya. <laughs> yeah, no. I, look, I, you know, even when I said that, I actually thought of the Ouya and that as an example because it actually propelled them to get known... And then they just released it on everything anyway. So there was no downside to it. It was actually heaps of upside. Um, I'm super pumped. I love the, I I echo your sentiment around the description because the way I normally say it is something along the lines of you need to push yourself to a point where you're just beyond uncomfortable. Right, mm-hmm. so you're doing something, and whether whatever it is, like exercise, work, you know, learning, development, all those kind of stuff, you need to get yourself to a spot where you go, I, I just don't feel quite right about this, and you're probably in the right zone of learning and growing and developing. But I, I this way is quite different because it's kind of almost denoting that there's two spaces. You know, there is a space where you're really comfortable and a space where you're completely uncomfortable, and finding that balance between them is is essential. But wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? In in and of itself, the sweet spot is when you're comfortable about the uncomfort. If that makes sense, I don't think so. I don't think well, so. To to me, that is the sweet spot where where I know I have the confidence that I can overcome the challenge, but I enjoy the fact that there's a challenge in front of me that you're not just repeating and you're having a dull day and you're just like an autopilot mode. Basically, you're mm-hmm. in a you're in a mode where you know there's a challenge in front of you, but you don't feel so crazy overwhelmed that you can't overcome it but in fact you actually welcome the challenge and I, I to me that's like the sweet spot where there's a challenge in front of you but you're looking forward to actually tackling that challenge and that's the way i read this yeah. they're in that awesome middle ground that it's it's a gonna seem like a ridiculous comparison but it makes me think of creating mario maker levels because there's always part of me that's like okay i'm obviously you know creating a new level after i create all these bunch of levels but it's like I'm going to do something different, but I still feel very comfortable with the core mechanics of what the what I'm building and everything. But it's like it's just if it's kind of that feeling. Like it's it's hard to describe, but um, that's the closest I've got to compare it to. But it mm. just made me think of that feeling. So I want to go outside of my wheelhouse, but also stick to some of the core things that I feel comfortable doing. So. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I would love to see, because this was basically, I'd say, they're, they're sort of saying the fourth prototype that they'd made post-Celeste that mm. they felt comfortable with progressing with. I'd love to see what they were doing with the other three, because it sounded like they were pushing too far and it was going to take way too long to make those games. But I, I feel like it's one of those things we probably won't know about for seven or eight years, probably after this game even comes out. So... Yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. And I think um, just given Celeste and everything like that, I, I'd probably be a, almost a day one on this one, Earthblade. Ooh, okay. So I'm really, really keen for this to come out. And it sounds like it's going to be a couple of years away before it actually launches. So, But it's, I'm sure it's going to be worth Take your time, incubate it, make it great. There's no need to rush it out. There you go. Incubate it, make it great. All right, let's get into the next story. Uh, so, as you as you boys know, I'm a big fan of Jason Schreier. Oh, like... really? Ooh, didn't know that. <laughs> I look like I'll 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 go on the Jason Schreier fan club, and I'll just say more fan so club. like he's you're like the secretary <laughs> of the fan club. No, but like, is he paying you, or do you just have a <laughs> no, crush on him? I don't not. get it. He never returns... does, he, does. Your wife know about this? He never returns my DMs. Um, <sighs> so, like, I'll say this though. I personally like the politics thing it doesn't gel that well with me with him but 
his writing and to me he's clearly like it's not even a competition in terms of who's the best journalism a journalist in in gaming like he's yeah it's so far ahead of everyone else it's not funny so he feels like he's not a blogger it feels like he's an actual journalist at that well he is a journalist that's he's yeah, like that's a, what i mean like a proper journalist yeah. not just some blogger who happens to write for a website yeah and like, like say the reviews that i do on a, certain, <laughs> on, on a website right i'm not a journalist i'm just no. i'm a shitty blogger that just does a bunch of articles yeah no we're not we're not journalists that's for sure um and you know journalism itself has kind of gone down the drain unfortunately because of the clickbait and you know views kind of nature of news these days but he's like an old school journalist but focuses on gaming which is amazing to me huh. uh his original book, could have been that it's true his original book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, back in 2017, easily the best video game book available. Um, I mean, there's very few games I think are at, even at that quality level. I always mention Masters of Doom. That's an amazing book, well worth reading. Um, so, yeah, for me, I've been really anticipating Press Reset. So that's his, his next book that's coming out on the 11th of May. I'll look to read it in that week that it comes out and then review it on the show at least... It'll be two weeks after it comes out at latest, I reckon. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this was actually an excerpt. So we'll just chat about the excerpt from the book. It got published on Bloomberg. I think this was one of the only articles that doesn't have the paywall on Bloomberg, from what I understand. Because every way... I think I had a paywall. Did you? (laughs) Yeah, I had a paywall. Mm. That goes Mm. kind of against it being an excerpt for the book and promoting the book. So I'm Um, hearing this for the first time. Okay. So, yeah, essentially the piece covers the downfall of 38 Studios So 38 Studios being Kurt Schilling's studio that he developed, him being much, much more famous as being a baseball player. Still in America, if you asked who's who's Kurt Schilling, they would say, oh, he's like the guy who won the Red Sox, uh, you know, and broke the curse for the Red Sox. The average person on the street, oh, he's the guy that founded 38 Studios and they went under (laughs) and they owned Rhode Island like millions of dollars. It's one of of those really weird things that I think if you ask people in gaming, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that that real mess with Kingdoms of of Amalur or something like that. I think that that's probably what they would say. (laughs) Like, did you know Kurt Schilling as a baseball player? No, I'm I'm not going to say I did, no. Yeah, so I knew him as a Red Sox. Was he the dude that threw that ball that hit that bird? No. Okay. And why I'd believe he wasn't. <laughs> like, I don't really know what you're referring he's, to. He's famous for playing, uh, the article mentions this, I don't know this off the top of my head, but for playing with like really a bad ankle injury and like blood on his socks during like... Oh, Jesus. Yeah, oh, like yeah, the World he, Series he, game or something. Wait, did he play for the Red Sox during that period? Correct. Nice. Yes, he won. He broke the curse. He broke the curse. Um... And then, then, you know, Boston has gone on to win, like, everything and be one of the most dominant towns in uh, America. But anyway, parking that. So, yeah, this article, I, I really loved it, you know, at a high level, just to sort of run through a bit of the timeline. So, you know, he, he, baseball players get insane amount of money. He was a pitcher. So he probably made $150 million bucks over his career. And he got really into video games. And to me, the way I look at it, and it's very disrespectful to him, but it feels very much like a big kid who has given a lot of money (laughs) and he's like, video games, I can make a video game. And he's like, all right, I'll start a studio. And one thing that, you know, is in this article and actually articles at the time. So he must've been telling a lot of people, he said, you know, I'm rich, but I want to get Bill Gates rich. (laughs) So... Essentially, this was his idea to become, quote-unquote, Bill Gates rich. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll run through it quickly, Sweeney. But it's like they started the studio. He 
in the end put about 50 million bucks of his own money in. He was based in Massachusetts and then Rhode Island approached him with a deal where they would give him a loan, you know, a hell of a lot more money. I think it was like $75 million loan to move the whole operations to Rhode Island. They took that deal. And then what that then meant was people who were working at the studio had to move to Rhode Island. The studio did a questionable deal with employees to say, okay, if you move, we'll cover your mortgage until someone sells the house, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, this was, you know, around the time of, you know, very poor, like very bad, like, you know, home prices in America because of the uh, global financial crisis in 2008. So this was roughly around 2012. And then, you know, the studio ultimately went under, owing a huge amount of money. 150 million. Yeah, 150 million in debt in debt and you know like so people lost their jobs you know lots of people weren't paid they didn't get their final paychecks and then to cap it off people who took this mortgage deal were in this crazy situation where they didn't have the house but they still had to pay back the bank and they potentially had other houses in rhode island which is like just pretty horrifying to be honest to be set in that situation yeah it was horrible because you know as part of that contract the 38 Studios were like, okay, we're going to assist you in selling your property while you move into this new property in Rhode Island. And then because of, you know, the clause in the clause in the contract basically said, in you know, if there was financial dire situation, then essentially that's probably null and void, that, that arrangement, that that essentially meant that, you know, some of those, their old houses didn't get sold. So suddenly they've got those double mortgages. It's insane. It's just... And no jobs because it's the company. Exactly, because Rhode Island, you know, they were going to be the first big studio there. There was no game jobs in gaming there. So then suddenly it's like, well, what do you do? You know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like Rhode Island, you know. Yeah, it'd be like moving to the Northern Territory. And they, you know, they've got some deal, they do it all. And then that ends and you're like, well, I'll definitely not be able to get a job here. So I need to move again. And I've got another house and... I it was just a really, really interesting article. I don't, I don't know what like uh, other things jumped out at you, Swinney. Look, this you know a lot of this information is has been well known for a long time, but yeah, the to hear the more personal stories. I think they had like the art director talking. They've mm. Shrey interview, has interviewed a whole bunch of people for this, um, and he had Kurt Schilling lined up, and he pulled out at the last uh, minute. Yeah, and that would have been fascinating. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Let's let's say better Kurt Schilling these days the better but um basically it's it's a great preview to press reset i'm really looking forward to it i've actually got um finally bought myself blood sweat and pixels i'm going to read that before this comes oh, out can I borrow cool. it? mike you just did the thing we said before like i haven't even got it yet <laughs> right <laughs> i'll lend it to you when i'm done with it um yes. i'm yeah. really interested to see what you think of that book and it's it's such an interesting story for me as well as a fan of amalur kingdoms of, mm. of amalur as well Mm-mm. and knowing like seeing the finished product of that game the only game released under their banner even though they didn't technically make it um and loving that game the fact that a lot of people were very hurt by the process that brought brought us that game as well so it's kind of like it shows you the other side of what the industry is really and it just shows you in gaming it's you know this is also why people drive pre-orders so much because to be able to get cash into the studio before the game has actually come out is so critical and why you know like everything's built around how do you get pre like you know pre-order money in 
like because it makes such a difference. Mm. Um, yeah, no, look, I'm I'm really looking forward to this book. I should just say quickly, I I ordered Ask Iowata, um, just around the former Nintendo president who passed away. Uh, it's just a collection of his interviews. I actually got it through some other means because it's actually been released in the States, but not here in Australia, which is, I, I don't know, I find that extremely obnoxious and frustrating. Uh, so I'll look to cover that next week or the week after because uh, I'll read through that. It's only 140 pages or so, so that's a pretty quick read. Cool. All right, let's get into the next story. Uh, Monster Hunter Sanctuary version 1.1, so the very big update. It's almost like a version 2 for me. Uh, has actually been published on consoles. So it's been released on Steam earlier because Steam is a lot easier to publish. Uh, but now it's been published on all the consoles, including Switch. So I've actually updated mine and instantly changed the difficulty. So one of the big things that changes in this game is they offer new difficulty settings, so casual and master. And they it's quite interesting, like, reading from the developer. You know, they did not want to do this and... It just seemed like an overwhelming amount of feedback from everyone saying the game's too hard. So they did introduce, like, and I love it as a reaction. It's like, the game's too hard. Okay, I'll change the difficulty, but we'll introduce even harder difficulty, <laughs> like the master version as well. And the casual one, what I loved about it as well, it even says this when you select it, it goes, it's slightly less difficult. So they're not, like, they're very clear. It's like, it's not easy. Um, but you know, monsters don't do as much damage and they, you know, they get more damage when you hit them. So that's really big for me. That's, the other one that's is, ge- sorry, that's generally what difficulty settings do. No, but like <laughs> casual for a lot of games is like, it's a walk in the park. It's no I challenge. Know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just, just you're being a dickhead. I'm being, be a, being, snide, I'm being snide. <laughs> you're being a dickhead. <laughs> Cause I played a little bit of the game in casual and it's not easy. It's like, I wouldn't call it easy mode. I definitely wouldn't call it casual mode. So I've also played a little bit. So I um, I was up to a, like a boss encounter, if you yeah. can call it that, and um, beat up my second try this time. And the problem for me... So you did lose the first time. Yeah, but the problem for me is the fact that this is... Monster Sanctuary, I love the game. We've, we've reviewed it before. Yeah. You know, I think it's fantastic. And with this, with this update, um, it's made... A great game with flaws, you know, much better. And yeah, much much better. Yeah. The the but the problem is if you're away from this game for ages, uh, honestly, it's taken me a little while to get back into the flow and learning what my you know because each mon- each monster has like different skill trees and moves and using them in combination is a huge thing in this game. And so I'm like, oh wait, what monster was I using this time and stuff like that? So I've actually struggled a little bit to get back into it. Um, because it's kind of yeah, I I think it's a game if you take a break from it's 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 a bit tricky to get back into, but hopefully I'll get over it. You know, and it's a funny thing, Swinny, because this game respects the classes and the types of monsters that you have. Yeah, and a lot of games you just become so powerful it doesn't even matter. You don't even need to like fight against the weaknesses and your strengths and things like that. It's just. You just overpower all your opposition. But this game, you genuinely need to look at, okay, they're weak to this and I better switch out my monsters to be able to actually beat them. Um, And yeah, the other ones just to rattle off quickly, New Game Plus, uh, you know, pretty much as you'd expect with New Game Plus, uh, PvP. So there was a lot of issues with PvP when it launched. 
And, uh, you know, they've fixed, it seems like, most of those problems hearing about what people on Steam were talking about, which is good. I don't really play PvP. I don't really see the attraction at all in there, but each to their own. And it's quite cool. Like, they're going to keep on updating uh, the game. So, you know, heaps of quality of life improvements, like a mini-map with custom markers, which is huge for me. You know, skipping cutscenes. In the future. Yeah, Yeah, future updates. Yeah. Um, and then sprite customization, which would be really cool for your character sprites. So yeah, look like they're going to put more love in this game. I actually, to me, hope that they make a version two of this game personally and try to get like a really big push. Cause I feel like this is the exact kind of game that with a bit more polish, they could actually make this a pretty big game in my view. Um, when we talked about last time, I think all it's going to take is for some streamers to pick this up. Yeah. 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 I actually listened to Nintendo voice chat. So the IGN Nintendo podcast, and they've actually spoken about it in the last few weeks. So I thought that was really cool. Cause they have a huge audience, um, about the same size as our audience. So <laughs> no, we're bigger. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. We are big weekend gaming. Um, so I, I was like going, oh, okay, this is cool. I just feel like the game, yeah, just needs to catch on with a few more people because jumping back into it, I'm like, the animation is just so good in this game. It's just really hard. It just doesn't come across the same in video as and, it does when you're playing it live. And now you can finally increase the battle speed. Yeah, I know. I did that. That was the first thing I did as well. <laughs> Times two. I almost cried when you told me you could do that. I feel like I've wasted hours because of that. So yeah, yeah Swinney and I are big fans of this game. You should jump on it, Mike. It's on Xbox and they've got the update now. So mm-hmm. muck around with it a little bit. All right. Well, let's go back in the past, boys. Let's go back to when we were alive and knew about these com- uh, these companies. Apogee is back. Kind of? So yes, a name very familiar with Mike, myself and Swinney. Uh, Apogee, growing up, seeing Apogee's logo, understanding Apogee, shareware, you know, Wolfenstein 3D, Commander Keen, Duke Nukem 3D, not Doom, right? Doom wasn't under their, their publishing deal. No, they, they definitely would have been spooking that like they have all these other (laughs) games. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So like growing up, it was totally different, eh? Like you had this whole concept of shareware. It was almost like a demo really. Like they'd give away the first level or first world depending on how generous they were some far more generous than others felt like i never really needed to buy the game because of it um and they had like this crazy run of games in the early 90s that they published it's wild you look at their you look at their games and the 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 hit rate of them you know whatever if you could say that you know yeah yeah, they're like man they they and now you know to be clear like they were publishing a lot of these you know they essentially gave wouldn't say gave them their starts, but they're the you know they're very responsible for the legacies of um, you know id software and yeah. remedy three um, d realms well we'll get into that in a second, but just games like even like rise of Trier, terminal velocity you know like these are just games that you just even if you didn't have them and you go around to your mate's place and like oh man term- you knew about them. terminal velocity that game looks awesome makes me sick playing it but that's- imagine <laughs> it in vr oh my oh, god, god. <laughs> yeah there, there is something about it cuz like is it technically 3d realms that was kind of like and then apogee apogee sorry was kind of the the name of the publisher so basically the, the apogee became 3d realms in 96 
Oh, really? Is that the way yeah, it was? Yeah, it's my understanding as well. Yeah, so um, so basically that the 3D realms itself, that's a whole different story. They've been through a lot of crap in the last couple of decades, um, yeah. a lot of lawsuits and stuff. But um, the the old Apogee, the you know the original one, and I'm, I don't know everything about the history. OG Apogee. So we're just going to hit some of you know like the top level stuff. But yeah, in '96 um, they became 3D Realms, but the Apogee name was actually sold off by 3D Realms back in 2008, um, and that version of Apogee is what kind of exists today. But what they've actually done. Um, this week is they're essentially relaunching the brand. So since 2008, they have published some games. They originally were going to make a trilogy of Duke Nukem games. Um, they only brought one of them out back in 2011. They published things like the Rise of the Triad remake in 2013 and some other few other games here and there. But you, with this week's announcement, what they've done is they've brought the original founder of Apogee, Scott Miller, back into the fold to help with this new publishing efforts. And essentially, they've relaunched as Apogee Entertainment with a new focus on indie publishing. So this is, you know, we talked about it um, offline. There is some comparisons to Atari in some ways. It's that, okay, it's not the same Apogee, but... I from watching the showcase and the news and the interview with gamesindustry.biz, there is to me a much more um, genuine f- feeling I get from this that they're rebranding. That okay, you know, like obviously Apogee is a name that any piece, uh, any kid growing up playing PC games in the early nineties knows, mm-hmm. and why not use that? Why not try to get the most out of this, you know? Um, but as part of that relaunch, so they had a showcase hosted by John St. John, the voice of Duke Nukem, and it was actually yeah. pretty cool. Duke Nukem. Um, so, and apparently he's the going to be a bit of a spokesperson for the brand for announcements. They said, you know, like, got Discord community going. And yeah, he's going to post oh, once right. a week on the Discord. Yeah. I'm sure he's the one posting it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, <laughs> but the showcase covered a whole, a whole bunch of unnamed projects. Some look better than others. but was... Yeah, they didn't want to name anything, I believe. Yeah, but there was, so, didn't give there was actually away. a game in them that kind of looked very old school, first person shoe that, that looked kind of cool. Um, but also but teased... you knew what they were, though, like going through it. Well, that that one I don't know the name of because I didn't pick ah, okay. up that particular one. But the big first title that they're releasing under the rebrand is called Residual, which is a pretty neat 2D kind of survival game, retro-looking by Dutch Studio called Orange Pixel. So I'm I'm optimistic that that there is a genuine feeling here that they, they want to relaunch this brand. You know, yeah. this isn't just a shell company situation where they're just slapping. Yeah. They they actually want to make Apogee something again. So that's what it feels like to me as well. Yeah, and I hope they rebring some of the the old games out and more. I think the well, they're not obscure. Like I remember Biomenace and Alien Carnage mm. um, very fondly from the early '90s when I would play them on PC, and especially Alien Carnage. That was such a sick game, and it looked so cool back in the day. And I'd love to, at the very least, just have a, a HD remake for Switch or something. Oh my god! Yeah, I'd, I'd love to play something like that again. They they teased it in the showcase, but I'd love a, a nice remaster remake of Raptor uh, for the mm. Switch as well. I yep. love that game. There is not on the Switch, but there is a there is a a, a, a H. Well, there's a version. It's not a HD remake or anything, but there is a version of Raptor that came out recently on Steam. So at the very least, that's yeah. playable. 
Which yeah, is and I, I got to say, Swinney, because I was very cynical about this when I saw it in the <laughs> in the first place. Because I did feel like it was just going to be okay, great. We've got this name that's got some you know power behind it, and then we're just going to you know dust it off and try to make money and build hotels or something. But yeah, going through the showcase and then looking at it, it does feel like it's like a spiritual successor with the same name. Hmm. Like they're, they're trying to capture that same style and everything like that. And and just going on the hit rate, like I just went through all the Apogee games that came out, like from Wolfenstein 3D and it's insane. Like, you know, just quickly, I'm not going to go on about all of them, but just like, yeah, Wolf 3D, Monster Bash, Alien and Carnage, Duke, Duke Nukem 2, you know, Raptor, Hocus Pocus, Wacky Wheels, Wacky, Wheel, Wacky Wheels. I know. That was so cool. a, I love that game. There's a certain listener listening to the show that is very familiar with Wacky Wheels. Terminal Velocity, <laughs> Duke Nukem 3D, Death Rally, Shadow Warrior, Balls of Steel, Max Payne. It's just, that was insane. Like, that's, yeah, I didn't, get it to 3D honestly realms. didn't even skip that many games. Like, it's crazy. It was like that early 90s period. It just felt like every game I was playing was from Apogee. Yeah, it's quite wild. Death actually. Rally was Remedy, you know, like it's yeah. crazy where this stuff came from. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. But it's, it's, it's going to be cool to see where this goes, and hopefully they stick around. Um, and you know, it doesn't kind of, you know, like the 2008 relaunch. I guess you know, hopefully it doesn't go the way of that, and they actually you know do something good with this. And and just like the last thing for me, <laughs> I don't know why, but. Out of everything, I, I got to the end of the showcase and I was thinking, I never played Duke Nukem Forever. It was such a meme. It like took forever to come out and it did come out. I'm almost like keen to play <laughs> to play that game now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't finish it. So that probably goes to show you my thoughts on it. But the first level's cool. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, can you get it on Steam? I don't know. I don't know. Because it's, yeah, if it's kind of one of those games that's like five, ten bucks, I'd just pick it up because I feel like it's a five, ten dollar worth experience. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I And also as a curious look into one but of yeah. the, the, the strangest, you know, games in history in terms of development, but it's also got a neat uh, pinball game in it. So it's probably worth it just for that pinball game. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, is it crazy what I'm about to say? Because that game came out almost ten years ago. Is it time for another Duke game? Duke's so yeah. tough. Duke's so tough to do yeah. in the modern age. Like it they is, joke, they joked about but it, it. But is it not perfect in a way? Because it's you know sometimes you need those counterculture things that people yeah. go, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> look at this." As long as it's a good solid game, yeah, and it's not just a half-assed job. Yeah. That's the difficult part of it. Like it's almost it became like Prey, where the Prey. The latest Prey was just such a such an awesome game, even though it was kind of not anything to do with the original mm. Prey, I don't think. If no. they could reignite it like that and actually make a really solid, awesome game, then yeah, absolutely. It's an awesome brand. Yeah, it's a couple of uh, months away from being 10 years. So, it's the last yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So Maybe now look- like a 2D, 2D platforming kind of... Like the original like, Duke, yeah, like a mm. new a new version of the original. Duke. Well, they did yeah. like not recently, but they did stuff on handhelds for that. So mm. yeah, that's true. That's true. 
Yeah, look, like I'll be, I'll be looking at it. I think it's a successful launch because it's definitely got my attention, and that's that's the hardest thing to do in games media these days. There's so many games well, to coming get out. your attention, just in general, <laughs> just in general. No, no, just in general. It's very hard to get people's attention because there's so many games, like dozens of games coming out every day. So it's hard to get people's eyeballs on it. All right, let's go into my favorite segment of the week. The Bargain Bin, for the week commencing the 25th of April, 2021. Uh, as we do, we normally start with Epic Games, so Hand of Fate 2, an Australian game. Sorry, hand, uh, Hands of Fate, sorry, that's my problem. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Hands of Fate, I wasn't I sure if I should, yeah. should yeah, yeah. Uh, go. <laughs> hands of Fate 2, it's an Aussie game, you yep. should uh, get it for free on Epic Games. Alien Isolation. Support, support Australian games by paying nothing for them. Unfortunately, the dev doesn't <laughs> exist anymore, but I'm sure that they'll still appreciate it. It actually does. Like, yeah. if you download it, it's good for them because they do good numbers and all that kind of stuff. So, um, Alien Isolation, I'll just call out quickly. So, this was offered for free back in December 2020. So, I wasn't initially going to pick this up or, like, you know, try to get it for free again or something like that. But... It's a little bit different this time because the Last Survivor DLC is now free with it. It wasn't free in twenty December 2020. So if you did get Alien Isolation in December 2020, you should click it again and you get the DLC for free. Very important public service announcement. On Steam, Quiplash is free for the next day or so, so you better jump on that quickly if you hear this. Switch, uh, some of the highlights. Lair of the Clockword... Clockwork. God, I'm off my game Clock this week. Work. <laughs> Clockwork. God. Is Which I mentioned, I mentioned before. That's all me. I included it for you, just for you, Mike. I still got to finish it. So that's, that's really free. Uh, that's free. That's $7.80 until the 9th of May. Fern's Gate is $9.75 to the 5th of May. Monster Violator is fourteen sixty. Vi- Monster Violator. Not- well, I couldn't read it because someone had edited <laughs> the run sheet as we're doing through. I need to PDF these run sheets. Monster Monster <laughs> Violator is a fantastic game. Both that and Fernsgate. I got to include them. They're Kenko games. Oh God, I didn't know. I got to say editing uh. this section. <laughs> no, delete it. They actually Kenko games don't often go on special, and Monster Violator is the one that you want if you're going to play any of them. That's a really good game. There you okay. go. There you go. Monster from the, I'm from, gonna look it up. Quite honestly, the top ten Kemco fan of the world. <laughs> you would be in the top ten. Oh, easily. Oh, in the top no, 10. If not number one. There's an entire possibly. website dedicated to fans of Kemco, and I'm not even on there, so I'm not in the <laughs> oh, top ten. With lots of rule thirty fours. No. Anyway, no. PlayStation oh, really? <laughs> highlights Invisible Incorporated, seven dollars fifty cents until the twenty ninth of April. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Good fighting game, $6.25 until 29th of April. And <laughs> Dick Wild, PSVR we game. Did, we did not edit that, <laughs> That's okay. what it's called. Wait, <laughs> that is was, that what it's called? That was no edit. I didn't edit anything. Did you edit anything, Sweaty? I didn't. Why do you think I included Dick Wild in it? Oh, okay, good. Plus, good. It's, I, a, I, it's a PSVR <laughs> game. and uh, It's not clever enough to Mike do it. That's why I ran with it, because I didn't think he would write it like that. Hey. <laughs> So I thought Monster Vibrator was pretty good, but fair enough. It's uh, 60% off, $9.20 or $6.90 if you're a PS Plus subscriber until the 29th of April. Swinney, take away the Xbox specials. Yeah. yeah just one call out for Game Pass this <laughs> week. Uh, they've added uh, Destroy All Humans, which is the rem- uh, remake of the first game. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people love those games, so I might try yeah. it one at some point. Real like cult hit almost. Yeah. Uh, I've also had a couple of uh, removals that are coming up on the 1st of May that I want to call out. Uh, first is For the King on console PC, a game uh, I was planning to get to, but I won't have time now, unfortunately, so I'm, I'm going to have to buy that in the future, I think. Um, and 
thumper on the PC's leading game pass. A couple of PCA, uh, PSAs as well. Uh, so two for Xbox and, and something Steam as well. So first of all, um, they announced it a while back, but as of this week, um, ex- any free-to-play games on Xbox no longer require uh, Xbox Live Gold. So they mm. finally made yes. that uh, change live. We've also had um, some games get the Xbox FPS Boost update treatment. A um, whole bunch of EA games. So uh, these all run at 120 uh, hertz on Series X. So Titanfall 1 and 2. Battlefield 1, Ooh. 4, and 5, Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2, Mirror's Edge Catalyst as well. And Mirror's Edge Catalyst at 120. Oh, God, that'd probably be nice. God, that'd be a tr- something. So it would help. Faster frame rate would help. Yeah. So with that kind of a game. A- well, can I also, so just about around Xbox, um, a quick PSA to the PSA. I believe you can get Metal <laughs> Slug 3 on, uh, on the Israel version of of the store <laughs> for free at what? the moment but it's only through the israel store so you might have to like either learn <laughs> learn hebrew or press the button mike change mike's saying this always when he's reacting mike we <laughs> don't we don't what? talk about that stuff because that is actually against the terms of of your account so that's, oh, okay. that's why i never mention do it at your own risk that's why i never mention region the, specific okay. stuff like that because yeah, i don't want if you want to watch out that the Mossad might come after you if you Download that copy. All right, Uncle, Uncle P three. The last, the last uh, PSA is on Steam. Um, because we talked about it last week, that's why you know they've uh, they've updated Alain Noir mm. on Steam, so you now get the ah, DLC for free. They listen to us, yes, nice. and Max Payne yeah. three as well. I'm sure that that was because of uh, just connected to it. Totally because of us, yeah. absolutely. It's very bizarre situation. Yeah. We, we got Paul in the industry now, baby. <laughs> a very weird situation because all the Rockstar games went down, and then some of the ones that hadn't been listed for years mm. were listed again for like two minutes, and then like it sounds like someone was making mistakes doing a mistake or whatever. And Midnight then Club was one of them. Yeah, and then people discovered that Alain Noir then had all the DLC incorporated in it. So, I don't know. It seemed very strange. Something weird happened over, you know, there. But that's good. Positive news. All right. I'm actually really, like, interested to see what Sony thinks of this next game. Yeah, so this week we got the release of... Near Replicant version 1.22474487139 dot dot dot. That's the official title. It is the upgrade of the first Near game, specifically the PS3 Japanese version that has the brother protagonist as opposed to the Xbox Japanese or the Western release version that had the father protagonist um, that you play as. So... I to, I guess, you know, to really get up front with this, this will very much be my early thoughts on how the game compares to the original. This isn't, honestly, I'm not going to cover the basics of what this game is and, you know, in general. Um, mm. So I'm sorry if anyone's wanting that. There's plenty of our, uh, <laughs> other... Off. There's plenty of other places, honestly, <laughs> that are going to just cover, oh, yeah. what is this game? Well, yeah. It's just first impressions. That's all it is. Yeah. It's not this, an in-depth review. Yeah, this is... This one, What I, most of what I'm going to say is essentially for the fans of the first game. Well, people that played the first game, I should say. Um, because there's some people who may have played it and want to see whether or not it's oh, can you also cover? To. Can you also cover, should this be a game that someone picks up who likes Nier Automata but hasn't played the first one? Yeah, sure. So, I guess to you know really put Wait, it out there. Was that there, the answer, or yeah, I said sure. <laughs> so <laughs> go on, go on. So I 
you know, if you can't tell, I'm a huge fan of the first Nier game. So I, I played it on the 360 a few months after it came out. So very early on, I remember that the gaming press was absolutely crappy on this game pre-release because it just looked really weird and the graphics weren't amazing. And then when it came out, you know, very few outlets, I think, praised it um, in any meaningful way. But this is a definition of a cult hit. Like, this grew legs, you know, and not only obviously led to the amazing Nier Automata, but made Yokotaro a real name in this streak. You know, he'd done a lot of work with before with, um, you know, the Drakengard series, but Nier was what really, um, I guess, made him a figure in the industry. Um, and the original game was developed by uh, Caviar, who no longer exists as a studio. Um, and they also made Bullet Witch, which is actually a game that I quite like, even though it's very rough. But yeah, with this game, um, I do still love the original more than Automata. Um, Automata Ooh. is a much better game from a technical standpoint. It plays way better. But for the, for the first Nier, it's the story, it's the characters, it's the world. To me, it's like the heart of the first game is what I love. It's just got this, this, just this emotional connection to it. And honestly, it's probably the most emotionally impactful game I've played in, you know, in one of them in my life anyway. It's, it's a very, it sticks with you. Let me just put it that way. But so I was, I was really excited to see what they were doing to bring this game back to life. Um, but they had a few hurdles for me. Um, just to see how they would overcome them. Um, first is the overhaul of the combat, which is the thing that they pointed out that they're doing. Um, and the second was the decision to go with the brother protagonist as opposed to um, the father protagonist character, which I think is a big part of you know why the story original is so unique for me. It's, it just felt different. Um, but honestly, so far, I'm happy to say that they've, they've absolutely nailed this. What they've done with this is just, it's awesome. Now, it's not a remake. Um, you know, it is an upgrade. So we look at the world, you look at the layout, um, the geometry and everything. The game is essentially the same game, but what they've done is given it a really, really nice graphical overhaul, but they've essentially built the, the combat from ground up again. So when we talk about the biggest changes, that combat change is an absolute thumbs up. So it basically feels like the biggest thing they've done so far. It's almost a complete redesign. So they actually had uh, the the head guy um, heading up the combat was from Platinum, who Platinum developed near Automata. So they got them to work on this as well. And you can tell everything feels so smooth. Um, it's definitely got a bit of an Automata vibe, but it does play differently. You know, you're not playing as like a combat android. You're playing as, you know, as a normal, you know, person essentially um with just extra obviously fantastic abilities but it feels so smooth um you know it's the enemy ai has been upgraded because essentially you can you've got so many more combat options now like there's a specific move where if you dodge towards the enemy you quickly zoom behind them and it just feels really really awesome it doesn't feel as smooth as automata but i think what they've done is is really really great it's still this very similar you know, single weapon combat with the the book magic, whereas Automata is like two two weapons. You're swapping back and forth in combos. Where this is still single weapon, it's still near, but it just feels so much smoother. And your character just feels way faster. Like even just running around. Um, I don't know if it is technically, but it feels that way. So it should make the there's like a speed run challenge where you've got to beat the game in 15 hours. It should make that hopefully um, be even easier, even though it's not tough. But 
graphically, the game is a lot prettier. It's If you're expecting it to kind of be on the same level of the Automata, I don't think it quite reaches that, but it it's much more colourful. The original game was more colourful anyway. But it's just the, they've improved the lighting. You know, you just you look around like the first uh, main uh, northern plains area you, you generally go to. It just looks a lot nicer. The first Nier was rightfully criticised for looking quite drab and being a bit average graphically. Um, so they've done a lot there. But um, yeah, it's running also at a really, really nice 60 frames a second. I'm playing it on Series X. I don't think that probably makes a difference because there's no standalone version of Series X and I haven't heard that they've done any upgrades specific for the newer platforms. So I would assume that it's running 60 on Xbox One and and PS4, but uh, I'm not 100% on that one. But the other probably biggest change that I would call out is sound. So this is the most interesting one for me. So if you compare this soundtrack of the the upgrade to 99% of other game soundtracks. It's just going to shit all over. Like, it's fantastic. But as soon as you compare it to the original, so they've rearranged almost all the music in the game. And so far, I'm not a huge fan of rearrangements specifically. But this is going... So this is definitely something that's more so for fans of, of the original and the soundtrack that I kind of wish you had the option to toggle back and forth, even so that I can kind of compare it. Um, I did think about sitting down and listening to the originals, like on computer, and then checking them, what the arrangements were like. But it's so far, it's it's still great. It's still an amazing soundtrack. I just don't think it's an upgrade, whereas everything else feels like an upgrade, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, they've also re-recorded all the dialogue, and they've pretty much got all the main cast back. Uh, Laura Bailey is still amazing as Kainer. I can't remember his name, but the Grimoire Vice's uh, voice actor is probably one of my favourite voice acting uh, uh, performances ever. Grimoire Vice is just awesome. Um, It's it's always interesting when they make the decision to re-record dialogue because you're like, well, why? You know, like, but. It's it's good. Um, I don't know if there's much new dialogue. The I mean, there's definitely all the, the protagonist's dialogue is new because that was never recorded in English to begin with. Um, but yeah, so music and not sold on it yet. Um, but the everything else um, is is good with that. But the last thing I wanted to kind of cover is from a content standpoint. So I'm about eleven hours into the game already, and so far, it's pretty much identical com- uh, content wise. But I do have an idea of some of the new stuff they've added in, like cut content. Um, and I'm not going to be spoiling anything, but I know, I believe there's an additional episode that they've added in that um, is based, might be based on a story from, there was a book released only in Japan called Grimoire Nia. And I believe it's it's loosely based on one of the stories from that, from what I've heard. Um, and I also have an idea of other new content. So I know there's stuff coming up. So I'm looking forward to getting to that. So I might kind of, Talk a bit more to that in uh, you know in coming weeks uh, without spoiling anything. So just I guess some overall things that I, I'm just really happy that this masterpiece is getting to the hands and <laughs> the hearts of more people. Um, this is a game that deserves to be known more. Um, it's as I said, it's one of the most emotional games I've ever played, and I think that what you'll see is you'll have a whole new generation of people or people that that dismiss the game originally that will have a chance to experience it. Um, and yeah, I'm honestly, once I'm done with the game, um, 
then I'll be able to judge whether or not I think it was a, the right decision to go with the brother protagonist over the father protagonist because there is definitely that emotional connection there and you, you, that story is just so important to me. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'd say so far, I think it's a fantastic upgrade and well worth it for not only new players, but the fact that the the changes they've made to the combat will make it so that anyone come from near Automata will feel that it's not a huge downgrade. So do you think, you know, as someone who's just played near Automata, this is well worth getting? And then the second question is, if you haven't fully played through near Automata, does it make sense to play this first and then near Automata? So first of all, this game is worth getting. I will recommend this game to anyone. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. That's good to know. If you're a completionist, just know that the game is a little... F- like, there's a lot of farming there if you want to do everything. But a lot for, if you just want to play the game and enjoy the story, then that's not a, that's a non-issue. But when it comes to if, you know, what you should play first, thankfully, the way that these ga- two games connect or don't connect makes it so you can essentially you can play either or, um, as, you know, and then play the, the one after it. Um, you do... There's definitely some... There's some benefit to playing this game first. But I don't think you're losing much by okay. doing it the other way. Um, it's just more, okay, you'll get a little more context, but um, it's hard to talk about it spoiling it, but there's the connections that are there are, are pretty tenuous in from a you know from a player standpoint. Um, but they're cool if you dig into, if that makes sense. No, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Awesome. So you'll do a review at some later stage, I'm guessing? I don't know if I'll do a full review. But I'll okay. probably just update you guys and let you know what my final thoughts are. So, All right, sweet. And do you want to move on to the next one? Yes. So the next one is a review. So this week I've been playing through a game that a lot of people don't know exists. And a lot of people would look <laughs> yes, at... Yes, me. <laughs> a lot of people would look at and immediately dismiss. Um, and I'm very happy that I knew about this series before this game was came out. So what it is, what is it? It's uh, Steven Universe Unleash the Light. So this game is obviously based on the Steven Universe uh, cartoon series. And that's a the series that I've never seen. Um, so it's interesting that I've played two of the three of the, the games that have, RPG games have released, but never seen the series. And I think that's also honestly a testament, the fact that they're able to create these standalone products. But what this game originally came out as an Apple Arcade exclusive back in mm. uh, 2019 and just got a, a release, console release on Switch, PC, PS4 and Xbox One. So it's developed by Grumpy Face Studios who have done quite a bit of work with um, both Adult Swim Games and Cardo Network. So they've kind of found their niche about making really, you know, cool games based on these cartoon properties. And they're very solid developers. Like both of the games, I've played them both so uh, by them so far have just been super polished products. So I think it's really a testament to the work that they do. But this is the third in a series of games, well, what a lot of people call the Light series. So the first one was Attack the Light, which came out in 2015 on Android and, and iOS. Uh, Save the Light, which is the, the, the game I played in 2017, which was only on console and PC, came out Switch, PC, PS4 and Xbox One. And Unleash the Light, which I'm reviewing now, which, uh, yeah, 
is is the third in the trilogy. So I randomly picked up Save the Light because obviously I'm an I'm an RPG nut and I have to play every RPG and get all the achievements on <laughs> yeah. Xbox. And I'm like, okay, Save the Light. Oh, Stephen Universe. Oh, that's that cartoon I've never seen. Oh, I'll give it a shot. And I love Save the Light. I thought it was fantastic. It's very similar to Paper Mario and South Park, the Stick of Truth in the style that you're running around environment and you're, you know, running into turn-based battles that are action-based. So you're blocking and attacking based on button timing. That's that's a very simple way of putting it, but hopefully it gives you an idea of that. Whereas this game is actually a bit different. So you're not running around the environment. You're essentially, the way it works is you go into a stage and it basically just you're moving the screen from, you know, you're going up to the next screen or across to the next screen, depending on the map. And apparently that's the way that the first game in the trilogy also worked, Attack the Light. And it makes sense for mobile, you know, when you're thinking about controls, you know, people just swipe into the next screen. And it actually works pretty well. But this game is all about the the battling. That's, if you don't like turn-based battles and you say, oh, I'm keen to play this game, but... I'll just get through the battles because I need to get through them. Don't play this game. Like 99% of it, you're in turn-based battles. Mm. Thankfully, the battle system is absolutely awesome. So it could, for some people, you know, it could still get very repetitive. But the way that the battles play out, basically, um, you essentially, uh, you have star points. So at the start of your turn, you'll get, let's say, the battle will start, you get five star points. And whatever ability you use will take one or two or three star points. So basically, you know, once you've used up your star points and you, you end your turn and move to the next one. But I think similar to something, maybe you could correct me, Mike, but maybe like Fallout. If you don't use all that, all your action points or the star points and you can choose to end your turn early and then bank them up for the next turn so that you've got a lot more. Um, so there's a, quite a bit of strategy to it, but those button timings are so critical to this game. Um and so it is, it's very engaging. It's not a game we're just going to sit there button mashing, okay, I want to just move on to the next battle. You're having to actively time every single thing in the battle. So it's, it's very engaging from a gameplay standpoint. But enemy and character positions are super important as well um, because a lot of attacks, there's almost like lanes and a lot of attacks will enti- uh, attack entire lanes and things like that. Also, enemies will fly up, so there's only certain moves that will attack, you know, flying enemies. So there's quite a bit going on, and the characters, they're all super unique. There's, there's about eight playable characters, all obviously characters from the uh, Steam Universe cartoon, but they've all got very unique skill trees. They all play diff- completely different roles, um, and it was hard to kind of choose between them, which is always a good problem to have in an RPG. You feel like there's, okay, oh, there's so much that I could do with this, Um but when you're outside of battles, as I said, you're just swiping, um, you know, from area to area. But you can scan the area with the right stick. So, you know, you go, okay, I'm going to move up to the next screen, left to the next screen, but then I'm going to use the right stick to then select treasures and items. It works pretty well, but there are times when you just can't select the right thing because obviously the idea was on mobile, on, app, on, on iOS, that you would just tap what you wanted. Whereas this, they haven't even given you a cursor. You kind of just like move the camera towards what you want it to select. So it is a little awkward, but generally it works pretty well. But yeah, so as I talked about those characters, it's there's the way it works with building your character. So you've got those skill trees I mentioned. But each, unlike traditional RPG equipment, each character has what they call three charm slots. 
So they could be, let's say, Steven Universe. The Steven, the character, is like, okay, one of his charms is pizza. Another is video games. So you find different items that are like different versions of pizza and different versions of video games that then he can only equip. And then there's a few that maybe another character can equip. So you kind of, it's an interesting take, but it's still, it is just like, okay, I'm getting new armor, I'm getting new weapons and things. Um, but then it's also got a badge system. And the badge system is very similar to anyone that's played Paper Mario uh, or something like Bad Fables or something like that, where essentially they're usable by anyone and then they're essentially equipping perks. So eventually you can equip two of them. So there's a lot of customization going on. But probably one of the most interesting things about this game is the structure of it. So with the previous game, Seek the Light, you essentially, as I said, it was more a traditional RPG. You're moving around the area, like you go through the town, you go through the forest, you're walking around getting stuff. This, you've kind of got this one central location that's called the Palace of Light, and then you've got all these worlds around it. And you go into a world, there's about four of them. They added one and an update that just that carried to the console port. And when you go into each, it's split up in like eight separate stages on a map. So this game is actually really, really good for short play sessions. So if someone wants to go, oh, I'm just going to do one stage while I'm on this play, uh, one or two when I'm on this train trip for like 20 minutes, it's really, really good for that. It's very pick up and play, which makes sense. It was designed as you know as a Apple Arcade game, um, but when you're in those areas, you collect keys, and that central location of Palace of Light. The idea with that is that's one big map. It kind of acts like. I don't know. Have you played much Phantom Hourglass um, into God? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So if you remember, there's something called the Temple of the Ocean King in that game. And it's a place where you you go back to over time and you unlock more of it. And then mm. you unlock shortcuts within it. So it makes it... Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Palace of Light kind of acts like that. So you get keys in the main worlds that then unlock new areas and you unlock fast travel. But each time you go back there, all the enemies reset but your progress for things like puzzles and stuff and items that you collected don't. So the idea is that throughout the game, you'll like go back there and progressively um, get through that one area. And then eventually when you get all the keys and you continue the story in all the other worlds, you'll then go and fight the final boss there. So it's actually a really, really cool structure. And I think, as I said, it lends it really well to those short play sessions. This would be really, really good on, on a Switch for that reason specifically. Um, and the enemies scale with you when you're there as well. So you're not just having to go through easy enemies each time. You're actually, it's a chance to level your characters up because they're scaling with you. Uh, just the other things I wanted to cover. So the story is actually pretty fun. As I said, I'm not familiar with the show, um, but the characters are all really, really cool. They have great personality and you definitely don't need to have a, a familiarity with the show to really you know get a lot out of it there's times when you're like oh those two characters seems like they've got a history together that you don't really get but if you're not missing a lot but obviously fans of the show would would really appreciate probably what they're doing with it and though the game looks nice it sounds pretty okay it's the music's not annoying or anything um so yeah just look the probably the last thing i'll say is that the game has a really, really positive message and I get the impression that the cartoon does as well. So I think that, you know, this is actually a really, really good game for kids, but it's not easy. This isn't like my baby's first RPG or anything. This game is actually <laughs> quite, can be quite challenging, but it is it is great for kids in the terms of the very positive messages, not only about, you know, like working together, but also 
um, you know, representation and, and things like that. So very, very cool. Um, yeah, just don't let the cartoon license fool you. It's, um, you know, it can be challenging. So, yeah. I have to say, My Baby's First RPG is a great game name. <laughs> it's never been used before. I like it. Yeah, that's... Um, but, yeah, honestly, the, also, I've got to call uh, really call out um, Grand Face Studios for the fact that the su- support of this game. So I was in the middle of playing this game, and then the game got an update with an entirely new endgame mode, new characters and everything. So wow. it's given me... In the middle of it, wow. Well, yeah, as in, like, I was, you know, I was a few hours in or whatever. So it's putting yeah. me in a bit of conundrum. Well, actually, I'll just give a final score because a conundrum is a kind of a very separate swinny thing. Um, <laughs> I think this is really, really solid, like, 6 out of 10 for me. I think it's great. I'd put the previous game, Sick the Light, at a 7 out of 10. I just prefer the ability of, like, actually exploring the environment myself um, yeah. as opposed to just scanning it and moving map to map. Um, but, yeah, I think it's really, really worth a try. Just if you don't like turn-based battles, just don't play this game. Just avoid it, so... But my conundrum, so this game only has a single save file, right? You can't manually save it or whatever. Oh, whoa. Right? The the free update added end game content, new achievements and everything. So, okay, cool. So I did all that. But I missed an achievement, right? That means I'm going to have to reset <laughs> my whole progress to get it. You want to, not you have to. Means I have to to get it, right? Not have right. to, but you no, want to. No, he has to for his for his list. <laughs> All right, I have yeah. to get this. I have I have to reset, right? But because this update just dropped, I'm like, man, if I reset my progress, and that was it's a game I didn't mention. The game's like 20, 25 hours. It's not a short game. <laughs> Whoa, right? that's way longer well, than I expected. It's an, it's a, massive, it's an yeah. RPG, right? Um, sure, but it's my baby's first RPG. So. I said it. I said it's not my baby's first <laughs> no, I know, RPG. I'm staring. So I'm like, man, if I reset my progress to get this one, which is pretty early in the game, but it was missable, and if they drop another update that's all end game content, I'm like, oh man, what do I Go do? Go offline. What do I do? You can't offline. It's, uh, <sighs> oh man. Can you back up your save on like a drive or something? <sighs> Them. There's part of me... No, but the problem is you need to be online to unlock achievements these days, so... Do you... Yeah, you do. Do you ever take a step back and go... <laughs> what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my life? Why do I even care about Mike, this shit? why am I... Like, I'm asking you to got then. Forget you. So, I'm like... <laughs> I, just, I love his response. Going... He just ignores it. <laughs> because that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking what... Do you, do you guys think I should risk it? Oh God! Um, no, you'd be crazy to. I'd wait like a year. Yeah, or two. I was. I was thinking but a whole year. I like the thing is this, this update was already. This update was already, well because it's going towards my resolution. Uh, I'm like ah yeah, man. Exactly. You know what? <laughs> wait, I was thinking I might. I might wait six months, and if I haven't heard that they've updated the Apple Arcade one or anything, then might do it. Yeah, but All maybe right. then they'll update it right then because it's it, been six months. So it's more likely that I'll update yeah. it then. I'll give you the answer, Sweeney. I'll give you the answer. The answer is, put something in your diary for the 1st of December, 2021. (laughs) Then basically say, have I done the, you know, your shitty New Year's resolution, which is just continuing to do the same shit you already do. Anyway, parking Shitty? At least I'm doing my resolutions (laughs) on what you do. Oh! Hey, I'm doing my resolutions. Shut up. Besides the main one. (laughs) You're not doing your resolutions. You're buying a million games. I haven't. Let's not get into a fight about this. this. We're still talking about we're still talking about Steven Universe. Let me, let me so, answer. Let's let me yeah. answer. Let me answer. So put it in the first of December twenty twenty one. 
if you've already finished your, you know, achievement thing, then you don't need to, you know, delete the game and start again. You can just wait until much later. It's the, str- it's the Swinny struggle. Okay. It's like, I want to complete it. It's not a struggle. Okay, You're wasting time. Here's the way I see answering... it. No, hang on, hang on. That's a beautiful I answer that I said. Oh, no, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you it's, str- it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Okay, this is how I see it, though. The longer you wait, the more the chance increases that there's going to be another update to the game. The longer is the way I, I would see the it. The longer I wait. Yeah, because well, course, there's more time that about? they'll have. That's, that's they'll... one of the dumbest comments I've ever heard. What are you saying? If you, I'm saying if... I'm saying they're not gonna they're not gonna push another update straight away, right? Because this seems no, like yeah, correct, an update. So so if you do it, if you play it and finish it now, you're you're done, right? Whereas if you're gonna leave it another three to six months, there's a good chance they're working on another update. No, but it gets incomplete then, right. and so it doesn't count then. Yeah, no, wow. but you you should definitely wait. Do you know why as well, Swinny? Why? Because another update might actually give you more save slots. I, I have a feeling they won't do that, but... But they could. They could, yeah. Then you'll be ropeable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank, talk, thanks. Talk so I just, about, just wanted yeah. to just My answer is the correct that. one. Position. Wait until December. Because that's all the constraints that you have. Yeah. My, answer, you don't my answer is they're probably not going to do another big update to add more stuff so to it. So this is, from looking at what they did with Apple Arcade, this is, seems like the last bit of content they added there. Yeah. But... How much the more? fact that the game just launched in... I didn't mention it just came out in like mid-Feb on consoles. They, it could get more, who knows. But yeah, I I, I agree to go. Like, I think waiting until the end of the year is, is a safe bet there. So. That's going to optimize your time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll unlock it. I'll leave it to the last game and unlock it like 11.58 on uh, yeah, December the 31st. <laughs> no, because then they'll, they'll release a patch at 11.59 <laughs> and you're screwed. <laughs> so, can, can I just say, this game is so niche, it doesn't even have an article on Wikipedia. This uh-huh. this game is so hard to find information sp- about the console stuff specifically. It was almost like they shadow dropped it. Um, but these games in general, the light series... Not a lot of people know about them, and I think it's a mm. bit of a crime. I never played the first one, but Seek the Light, I think, is really, really, really good. So, you know what? I feel like they will do another update because I'm looking through their Twitter. I can't believe this is the, this is the depth that I'm going to. Because <laughs> people are asking, "Is it the final update? Is it the final update?" Right? Yeah. And they've never described it as the final update. Oh yeah, no, they haven't. They haven't. And, and I. I and honestly, the, have the update, update, like the character they added is the character that I used the whole game after they put it in. So really, really good update. So anyway. I think Does anyone I think remember the days update. when people just played games just because they wanted to play the game? <laughs> That's what I do. Uh. I don't have any achievements. Hey, Mike, I got like 4,000 no, achievement you, points. The, the last bunch of games you've been playing recently was because of the podcast. So even you, and same as me, we, we don't... Like the only <laughs> game... Honestly, the only game I recently played that I, I played just because I wanted to play it was Fez. It's Mike. Everything else, <laughs> I feel like someone held a fucking gun to my head and made <laughs> me play a game. Mike, why do you think I waited till after I'd even given a score in the whole review to even bring that up? Is because mm. I wanted to separate my struggle, my Swinny struggle, away from the game because it's got nothing to do with that, really. Yeah, but I it know, does suck that you can't... Um, that you like you got to delete your entire progress just to play through again. That does suck. Hey, don't yeah, get me wrong. Stupid. Stupid. I, I know it sounds like I'm giving you crap about this, but I totally which get, are. which I am, but I totally get at the same time that it is, come on, it's such a like small quality of life thing. Why, why do they do that? Yeah. It would help immensely for people that are in, in your position to not have something like that. Yeah. So I think looking through all the language, I reckon it's like a 50, 50, they're going to do another mm, update. Yeah. 
Because they would Oh, they really? Would you say, reckon they either do it or they don't? That's so insightful. Thank you. Okay. Number one, you're an idiot. <laughs> That's probability. Not, that's not how probability works, Mike. <laughs> that's not how probability works. You're like laughing at me as if I'm the dummy. You're the no, dummy. No, I know how probability you works. I know. Moron. I I am very well aware that their chance of winning the lottery isn't fifty fifty. If you I shoot win you with a gun, I'm aware it's a fifty fifty. You're gonna die. No, it's not. You idiot. There's bullets in there. It's almost hundred percent. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> Freaking I'm moron. Aware of that. But your 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 insight into fifty fifty is not helping. At least at least say it's like oh, it's seventy percent. Why? I, I believe it's a 50 Well, because 50. it's... Well, th- th- what's the point of even saying that then? What do you mean, what's the point? <laughs> uh, what, and what are you basing your insights on? <laughs> on what extensive research and articles have you summarized okay. to lead you to believe it's it's like precisely 50-50? Okay, I'll walk through it. Okay, so they see. released their first game in 2015. They released okay. their next game in 2017. Then they yeah. released this game that Swinney just spoke about in 2019. Okay. This is the game that they've then subsequently re-released on PC, yep. Steam, Switch, etc. Yeah. They've done three updates. 20, the 21. other games, I looked at the other games and they did about three updates on those games. Mm-hmm. So there's a very good chance that this could be the last update. But yeah, but it appears everything that they games. said, everything yeah. they said online, they've never said anything about it being final. They've mm. never said anything about moving on to a new game or like developing a new game. Okay. So I think it's roughly even that they will release one final it's roughly update. Roughly Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> it's even Stephen. It's even Stephen. So it's even Stephen in your opinion. Yes, okay, yes, that's yes. great. So that's how, how is it supposed to help Swinney and with his moral dilemma? Well, I think the fact that there's a material at least give chance him like a give him a fifty-one. Why are you so obsessed about it being not exactly? I'm 50, trying 50. to help the guy, and fifty-fifty is not helping him. He's he's felt like you know, the last few seconds have just been us talking, and he's just been bottled up. He just wants to just fight. <laughs> it helps him a lot because it means there's a material chance to have an update. He definitely should wait then. Or not, like, at least or a couple not, of months because there's also an even chance, a Stephen chance, sorry, that there won't be an update, and he should just do it now, get it out of the yeah, way. Yeah, because if it's end-game content that they add in, then it would take me like 15, 20 hours to build the characters back up to be worth And it would be painful. Yeah. It would be so painful, because you'd be like, why didn't I just wait? Yeah. Because I don't see them okay, pushing so, an update okay, okay, past so the end of the year. From a vil- philosophical perspective, you're better off regretting something you didn't do <laughs> Than regretting something you did do. What? So, Why did you couch that with from a philosophical perspective? Well, I'm just trying. To, I'm, I'm trying to put this from like from from a non-gaming perspective. I think. Well, this I think is if where you, if you narrow really, it down to that. To non-gaming. That's for if sure. you're narrowed it down to that, then the best option is to just leave it alone because at least that way you're not going to kick yourself. In the, I know, in the and that's what I am going to do. They that's, do put that, an That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's just, yeah, it's one of those things you're like, oh, man, that sucks. But thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, a cool game. cool game. Very, very good. All right. <laughs> Let's wrap up the show. Uh, so, as always, you can reach out to us at BigWigPod on Twitter and all your favorite social media. If you want to reach out to us directly, hit us up on Twitter or the YouTube comments or BigWigPod at gmail.com. If you want to help us out, Give us a five-star review on iTunes or a like or a follow or subscribe or anything like that on our YouTube channel. But with that said, bye-bye. See ya. Ciao.